Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, 
Hopefully everyone is doing well tonight. I want to welcome you to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is the show, the one and only show, the book of Douglas Family and Friends Network. I am Seth. My mother name is Irene. Her mother name is Isalee Douglas. We have Caleb Booker. Uh, the reason why I say this is because uh, we have some new people that's going to be joining the show possibly either this week or next week and in the future. And we got to start saying them more often because... I have a welcome family from other parts of the United States, and uh, they may not know who we are. And it just don't make any sense to be listening to strangers talk when you don't know who they are. So uh, this is the Booker Douglas Family and Friends Network, Caleb Booker's family, and Azalee Booker's family, which is scattered throughout everywhere, both families. And... Um, we went into this a whole lot during the very beginning of the uh, Book of Douglas Family Friend Network when we did our first, I guess, 15 shows, and we kind of got away. But since we have invited more people to come and welcome everyone from uh, just everywhere, I don't even know who's listening, so I can't pick a state I might mess up. But uh, some of you probably will listen to this show before it airs, uh, before next Sunday, uh, because I just sent out a, a notice tonight, Sunday, and I know it didn't give any of you enough time to hear the show, but hopefully you'll hear the show next week. And um, we will um, hopefully y'all will press one when you do call, uh, just in case you're new to Blog Talk Radio. Let me back up a little bit. Uh, when you want, if you're listening on the internet, uh, please uh, look at that link you just clicked on uh, that you got in your email, and you'll see a phone number right up at the top left hand corner. That's the number you want to call if you want to listen to us on your cell phone, so you won't be just stationed. At the computer at home, you can, you know, go have, go about your daily business and chores. Because I know everybody's got their life. So, listen by computer. And you want to be able to be mobile. Uh, you can't get cell phone and call that number seven six zero two eight three zero eight three eight. And if you're on your cell phones, you uh, want to go home and and get this um, cell phone, this radiation off your ear. <laughs> You can go home and just uh, log on to www.blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones. And that is five, the number five. Again, www.blogtalkradio.com slash five underscore smooth underscore stones. And you can listen to these broadcasts, recorded broadcasts, I might add, at the convenience of your home, all right, through your computer. And if you're listening live, don't forget, y'all, you can chat, all right? I haven't been doing a whole lot of chatting lately, but anyway, there you have it. And I do want to, again, welcome, welcome, welcome uh, other families, other uh, Douglas and Booker families from all over. Again, I mean that. I really welcome y'all, and I know y'all don't know who I am, but you will. And I know you don't know who a lot of people that normally call the show but you will, and uh, I want I want to just let everybody know uh, we only have one rule, one rule for this show, and that is we keep it positive and, and upbeat. We keep it positive and upbeat. I don't really like the word positive. I like to say keep it good and upbeat. It's a long study behind that. Uh, but anyway, I keep the show good and upbeat, things that edify each other, like the scriptures say. But I do want to uh, so much welcome the family. Uh, this family is big and so large, and I'm pretty sure that's why, you know, uh, I got this idea because I don't credit myself with this idea. I mean, I have shows on Blog Talk Radio, and I had extra time. I never thought to have a blog 
for my family, but one day I was just thinking about how distant we are and all that and just kind of pondering on that issue. Uh, and uh, it just hit me, like, why well, don't I do a family blog? I've got this extra time. And it just came to me, family blog. And so I, I credit that with the most. Y'all may say, oh, that was just your mind. But you got to understand our minds, thoughts are given to us oftentimes by the Holy Spirit. That's not to, to, to say every thought is, but some of the great ideas we get, especially with this, with what this show has done so far. And by the way, speaking of the show, I want to let everybody know that last week, and I don't say this every week, so I'm not trying to sell a show or trying to get y'all just to listen for the sake of, you know, listening. But last week's show was the top show ever since we've been doing this. I mean, ever. For the amount of, we have only about 50 people on Facebook, and this show is well over 150 listens. So either one person has really listened a whole lot or just we got people that, uh, I don't know. I don't really know why it's so high, but I know young people, uh, this this topic that we're going to discuss tonight, uh, and that is part three. Uh, I want God, but I can't stop sinning feeling guilty. This show, part three, again, tonight at 10 o'clock Central Standard Time, we've been doing a young people special call. I want God, but I can't stop sin and feeling guilty. So I don't know if it was just because this was part two and people are really, because and I know for a fact that this is blessing people because this this truth, this information, this knowledge, this these scriptures, this revelation has changed my life. I'm not where I should be. I don't put it like this. I'm not where I want to be, but I tell you, I'm not what I used to be prior to this revelation of grace and and what. And uh, I got tickled because actually Creflo Dollar is actually teaching on it right now. But when Creflo was teaching other things, uh, I was. You know, and many people was out here talking about this, and it's good to see him uh, preaching on this. But, folks, it is wonderful news that the Most High has given us through the Scriptures. We just have to dig and search a little harder to get them. And uh, I just think the young people are maybe some old people as well, older people, that's caused these ratings to go up. When I say ratings, the actual listens, uh, again, it's over like 150. And for a family blog, that is crazy because it's hard to get 20 people to the blog. I know. I know people that have tried. It's very hard. And so we've gotten close, but this show uh, last week, and I'm just talking about where it's at right now. It's not done. It's in the archives. People can listen to it tonight, tomorrow. It may go even higher. I've had some people that when they first come on, it was almost, um, you know, uh, they did good, but then the next the next week, you know, they just pretty much stayed where where they were. I had some people have a seventy people at one time, for instance, and uh, listened to the show, and then then they may have gotten up to eighty and just kind of dropped off at eighty. But never this soon, already over one hundred fifty uh, listens. Listens mean actually time people have actually sit down and listen to the show. So family, listen. Thank y'all. Thank yourselves. Okay, because it's not about me and mine. I've told y'all a billion times. This, this show is so much the book of this family and friends network. So 
We're going to deal again tonight on the subject. Uh, again, I want God, but I can't stop sending and feeling guilty. We're going to also, we're going to also, listen to this family, we're also going to talk about tonight doctrines and people that is in these churches that are driving people far from the most high. We're going to talk about that. And I also want to uh, talk with someone in the family that was concerned, uh, and I'll probably talk about this a little later on, but someone uh, mentioned, uh, you know, that I said that the, the church is the most wicked thing, most wicked institution on the place on the planet Earth, and they was offended by that. But I asked them if they heard the rest of it, and they said, well, I don't think they, they never said they didn't, but I think sometimes that, that, that statement does come off very strong, and I still stand by it. However, I will change one single word instead of the church. I'm going to say some of the church, because there are the true church is already without spot and wrinkle, or it's already without sin. The true church is that's walking and trusting the Most High. They are the church that Christ is coming back without spot and wrinkle. People keep thinking that's a future characteristic that the church is striving for. But we are already the true church of the Most High. You know we are the church physical, it's not a building. The real church The true church, sins are already washed away. They've already accepted the Messiah. The blood, the blood from the Messiah, the death of Christ, have already washed away their sins, past, present, and future. The true church is seeking the Most High. I'm talking about people that could be even part. Some of them even be, could be a part of the real church, and they're just carnal. Flesh is out of control. And uh, I'm going to get into the to other things about family news and everything just real quick because this person was very offended. I want to go ahead and set the record straight first now, and then I may do it a little later on um, just in case they uh, – just so everybody will hear it, those that come later. So just know this. I do believe that the church is the number one problem on the planet. I just don't believe that every single assembly or building would the real church meet uh, people meet. I don't believe that every single assembly is is on the wrong road, but I do believe that when people in the church mistreat people by way of giving them false doctrine, holding back information, hiding information, deliberately lying or deceiving or, or keeping them ignorant in the dark, and using scriptures like the secret thing belongs to God, it's a very dangerous. That's a very dangerous, dangerous place to be. And you don't need people like that in your life. And you need to run like hell from people like that. Doctrines are just as damnable, just as destructive. Nothing is worse than a doctrine in your head that the Most High did not authorize, did not say, did not ordain, and you walk around believing it. And you're in bondage, and it's causing you problems and your family problems and it's setting you back in life because maybe you believe that you're supposed to be poor. Maybe you believe that you're supposed to be super rich. You don't have no character now, but you're supposed to be super rich because somebody told you God wants all of us filthy rich. 
Nothing can destroy you more in life than people that represent the most high that don't represent the most high. I'm going to say it again. People that represent the most high, but in their deeds, they do not represent the most high are doctrines that these people put out. There is nothing on the planet more destructive. I can't think of nothing more destructive than that. That's where wars come from. People get sick and die because they're not taught properly about healing and God's love for them. I can't think of nothing more destructive than the church, a part of the church. There I go again, a part of the church. Those people in the church that do serve the Most High and love him and and, and seek his face. The Bible says about them, how lovely are the feet of them. How lovely on the mountain, excuse me, are the feet of them that bring good news that our God reigns. Ministers, laymen, everyday people that love the Most High, that speak his word, there is nothing on the planet more beautiful than folks that speak, and as they speak, folks is liberated because they hear what they say and they go put it into action and it sets them free. They hear what they say, they go put it into action and it sets them free. As a minister myself of the gospel, I'm going to tell you right now, there is no higher feeling I have ever felt. There is nothing better on this planet that I have experienced in my body more powerful than what I just described. To share truth with people and they listen and they go and pray about it and, and they apply what, what you've shown them in Scripture and they come back to you and say, that blessed me. I was healed because of that. My life was spared because of that. I've received Christ in my life, and I'm following the most high because of that. I'm healthier because of what you shared with me. And I've heard that so many times. i got a dollar for every time I've heard somebody say to me, but Seth, I really appreciate you sharing it with me. I, I never, ever saw that. I never, ever heard of that. It blesses me. There is nothing better than that. Don't let, because what happens is these people grow up, I mean physically and spiritually. And and sometimes they're older than you. And then every time you see them, they're walking in their truth. And you know that the most high use you. There is nothing, people, on the planet. You know, money feels good when you get a new car, when you buy something nice, nice clothes that feel good, sex feels good. I mean, just being real, keeping it real. This is a real show. But nothing can touch what I just described. Because you always are going to hear these people say, not that you're looking for glory, but it's just knowing that you possess something inside of your spirit that when you release it, people are set free. Wow. See how I got off track. But anyway, we don't have no certain agenda. I know I do a certain thing at certain things every week, but it ain't no certain agenda. But I'll tell you, nothing. Nothing can top the church when it's clicking on all cylinders. You know, a building you go into and you learn about things and you take it home and you set free and it, and you, you you learn how to appropriate healing for your body. You learn how to appropriate uh, the, the scriptures and declare war on the enemy and, and, and 
and drive demons from your children, your, from the presence of your home, and and you go to the same building again, and you learn more and more, and you establish friendships, and, and they're strong friendships, and they're real friendships. They know, I'm not talking about, I'm telling you, I'm not talking about the phoniness. I'm not talking about the other church. We're talking about the people that is in church doing it right. Folks, listen to me. Y'all can dog out the church all y'all want to. If you think I'm dogging out the church, you don't understand what I'm saying. I'm talking about the wickedness that's in this institution. I'm talking about people that call themselves a church that's got names on their building, and some of them are small, small churches, and some of them are mega churches, and they have Ichabod wrote on the building, which means no glory. They have no power, no strength. Ichabod. They are a church of Ichabod, no glory, no strength, no power. That's what you call a church of Ichabod. So I'm saying to you tonight, tonight, young people, we're going to dig deep into the scriptures one more time, at least on this subject. This probably will be the last show we'll do on I want God, but I can't stop sinning and feeling guilty. And tonight we're going to throw in, again, doctrines and people that drive young people and older people even from the presence of the Most High, from having a relationship. When you have a relationship with the Most High, the church building, the, the assembly, you will find yourself somewhere worshiping. But I don't think just because people don't go to church, they don't have a relationship. I don't believe that. I think they'd be better off if they go to some some of these assemblies. But, you know, I don't think every assembly you can go to because some of that stuff, some of these places, it's poison. It's flat-out poison. It's worse than a club. How can a church be worse than a club? Oh, a church can be worse than a club. You go in there with your heart right and you're trying to seek the most high and somebody hurts you, somebody misguides you, they can drive you away from the presence of the Most High. You never want to have nothing to do with church again. A club, you know you just there to get high, stupid, crazy. You know, you see her, it's like a joke. So you just going there just to have some fun, sweat, and dance a little bit. Nobody's threatening your spirit. I mean, as far as trying to drive you, I mean, yes, you know, there's all kind of spirits in clubs. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying, you know you don't say stuff there. So you take everything with a grain of salt in the clubs. You should be. But when you go to church, you're serious. You you got your heart on the line. You got everything on the line, and you should. If somebody gets you wrong documents to guide you, you know, hey. So anyway, folks, thank you all for joining another episode of Blog Talk Radio again. I no, normally don't go down uh, uh, that road, uh, uh, trail that long, but I just want to clarify that whole statement I made last week of the church is the most wicked institution on the face of the earth. Again, I will modify that and say that some of the church, some of the so-called churches is one of the worst things you can do is be a part of them. They will set you back. Your family back, you waste a whole lot of time and money. People say, why don't you do it unto God? If you do it unto God, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you can do it unto God. A lot of people go to church doing it unto God, but because the place is so corrupt, they find themselves worshiping men 
and they 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 mm-hmm. they able to steal lots of years from their life. So tonight, a lot will be coming at you. Um, we're gonna have family news here in a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about uh, what's going on in the family, around the family, and again, I wanna uh, welcome those of family members that are not a part of the Texas family, the Booker Douglas uh, clan, but they are from other states. I want to welcome you all to the show, and I mean it with all my heart. Please feel free to call the number. Uh, if you're on a computer, you can call the number 760-283-0838. Remember, you can rewind this broadcast if you're listening to me online and if you didn't get that number, if I was going too fast, just rewind it and get the number and call in the future on Sundays at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, if you listen to me on the cell phone and you want to get rid of your cell or get rid of your home phone and you want to listen on your computer, go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash the number five underscore, not dash, but underscore, smooth, underscore, strong. That's five underscore smooth underscore stones. And just go down to the live show and listen. Okay? I sent everybody a, a listing of all the shows. I sent everybody the sound of my voice. If you have an email address and I have it, you should have gotten today a list of all the shows. Y'all go to the different shows and listen. Those of you new to the Book of Douglas Family Friend Network, uh, listen to my other states. I would advise you to start with uh, the some of the newer shows, if you want to hear just the format and how we have developed. But if you want to hear history of who family members are, you would need to start at the very first show uh, with Caleb Booker, which is my uncle, as a lead, and Caleb Booker's um, son, oldest son. That's why his name is Caleb also. Okay, and everybody, uh, we did a good job on explaining who they were in the family. All you need to do is just know that you're one of those um you know, all you need to know that uh, Azalee Douglas, uh, this is one of her sisters. You're probably one of her sister's uh, grandchildren or great-grandchildren, or possibly one of her do- uh, sister's daughters, I guess some nieces, uh, Azalee, uh nieces, nephews, or somewhere around the United States or the world, for that matter. Anyway, let's do this, folks. I want to just uh, just take a short little break here, allow a little bit, a few more family members to come. Thank you all, those of you already um, in the chat room and on the phone lines. I, I do mean, I mean it when I say thank you for being on time. Thank you for listening to the show. Um, folks, this is your show. It, it is your show, and it ain't going to be, it's only going to be as big as as um, you make it. So, uh, family, those of you new, uh, I promise you, I'm one of those persons I have been getting trying to get people to share the to I've been trying to get people to share the mic with for a while. So if any of you in Kansas City or California or wherever you're at and you want to do this particular show right here, and you want to talk about maybe your side of the family, I will be more than happy to turn this entire show over. And then what you would do is just come on just like I did and just talk about your side of the show. Maybe you can interview some of the people. And I, I'll tell you right now, speaking for a lot of people at this time, we will love to hear family members from other parts of the country talk about, you know, their side. Uh, one of the other Douglases, and you know, because uh, that's who the emails mainly went out to the Douglas side. Now, keep in mind, Azalee, uh, 
my grandmother. Remember, I'm Irene's son. That's Azalee Douglas' daughter. I'm her son. Azalee, grandma, uh, uh, Azalee Douglas was married to Caleb Booker. Now, his side of the family is also listening in as well. They may find this very educational. Let's do this. I'm going to, uh, instead of taking a break, I'm going to go ahead and just jump straight to the president since I took a little time going on a little rabbit trail. But that was a very needed uh, little uh, rabbit trail. I'm going to just go ahead and go straight to the president. You know, our family, what we do is every week we try to listen to the weekly address by the president. We also have, let me just go ahead and just do this real quick and just let you know what we do normally cover. This show is designed for anything and everything that has to do with family. Uh, We have um, shout-outs for birthdays. Anybody want to call and say happy birthday to so-and-so or happy anniversary to so-and-so. We don't get a whole lot of participation with that. Sometimes we do. Uh, Sometimes we don't. The phone line's been quiet lately because people have been really listening to the topic. And um, But we normally, it's kind of weird. Sometimes we get a lot of people calls. Sometimes we get a few people calls. Sometimes we get no people calls. But we always have people uh, that on the phone lines and on the chat room. And then last week we had the most listeners ever for a uh, any one of our shows. And so the young people are definitely listening, nothing else. But uh, those of you new family members, uh, we normally do things like we talk about the uh, president uh, weekly address. We also will do the top ten movies countdown uh, of the weekend, at least for uh, you know just top ten countdown of the movies. And then we have health tips. You know, sometimes we have on Doctor Oz or some doctor giving us some type of health advice, quick little clip. And then we'll also do comedy sometime and. Uh, just a various thing. We uh, we have our Aunt Robbie who calls in. As we call Aunt Robbie, she's not an aunt to everybody, but uh, Reverend Robbie Slaughter calls in with an inspirational word. Any of you that have an inspirational word, any of you that have an inspirational word for this family can call in and just give a word. You know, if you feel like you want to just say something encouraging, you don't have to be graced and dressed up with hallelujah every other second. Uh, you can just call in if you want to do that. That's fine. But I'm just saying you can just call and just say something wonderful that you feel in your spirit about the family. Something you feel like you want to share. The number one rule. Number one rule. We only have one. Is keep it upbeat and positive. Okay. Keep it upbeat and positive. How about that? That's the only rule we have. Is that you keep it upbeat and positive. Uh, but ain't that pretty easy for a show to just keep it upbeat and positive? Yeah, that's all we require. So anyway, check this out. This is your, the, uh, the President um, Barack Obama. He does it every single week, whether you like him or not. This is a good time to simply listen to what he has to say. He gives everybody an uh, update on what he has done for the week. And if you uh, don't like politics, you don't like getting involved with stuff like that, even if you hate the man, it's smart to know what he's doing. You know, they say keep your enemies close by. So, uh, anyway, we'll be right back. I tell you what, we'll just take a little, 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 little break here, and then we'll come back with Obama after this little clip by Mary J. Check this out. This is a uh, just a little something, something to kill a little time, get a, wait on a few more family members, and after this, we'll go to the one and only uh, president. Um, Barack Obama doing his weekly address. Be right back. 
Okay, folks, had a little, little trouble with that uh, clip. I'm going to just go ahead and do some other things. We'll come back to it. Um, again, I want to welcome uh, uh, family from all over. I don't know your name, so I have to just kind of just say family. So uh, I think I have some callers right now. I see some uh, unfamiliar phones and uh, numbers uh, in the, in the, on the phone lines, and that's probably what it is, um, I'm guessing, anyway, because, you know, the show is not really – I don't really send it out to everybody. So uh, anyway, I just want to um, also let everybody know that uh, the way this thing works is the very first hour we kind of focus on what's going on in the current, uh, what is going on in the current. We talk about future things and what's happening now. And then the second hour, we uh, at least most of the shows we've done over the past, we focus on interviews of family members and elders and what has happened in the past so we can understand the family so we look at what happened in the past, okay? It's just that simple. First hour, we talk about current events, birthdays, anniversaries, what's happening now, 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 and in the future, you know, uh, stuff coming up, okay? The second hour, at least we've done this show now since November. I would say over 40 shows have been focused on the past, elders, friends, and family. So when you go into the archives and you listen to the old shows, just so you want to, you, you have an idea how it's organized. That's what it's all about. Okay, so just know that, know that lately we've been having different topics because we want to educate the young people. I don't have all the answers. I know I don't have all the answers. I know I don't have all the truth. That's why we call it table topics and discussion. This is supposed to be a discussion. I think a lot of young people are camera shot and uh, gun shot, whatever you want to call it. They they just don't like to go back and forth right now. But that that'll change. I haven't called anybody out yet, <laughs> but I probably will. I'm going to engage some young people in the future, believe me. But right now, I'm just putting the truth out there so they can kind of see where I'm coming from. I'm not trying to talk down to them or nothing like that because our young people really is our future, whether we like that or not. And uh, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm old or old over the hill old, but I'm not, you know, any more 18 to, you know, I, I guess 30 or whatever. So we just want to talk about some of these topics, like this topic tonight. I know a lot of young people is going through this with churches. I know they are. Because I know our young people is not stupid, and they know ain't nothing out there in them streets. Everybody know that. But when they try to come in these churches, there are doctrines that meet them at the door that push them right back out. There are people that's got issues that push them right back out. And so that's why we have this show now. I'll keep going to it. It's just so it's only so I can hardly do this show. But I am going to do some of the other things we do. And uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, I want to go ahead and uh, do something here. Uh, for those of y'all uh, that missed the show last week, we had uh, a lot of good teaching by Dr. Ornish, and uh, some of y'all really, really like that. And so what I want to do now at this time is I want to uh, play Dr. Ornish. She is, uh, you know what, let's do this. Let's do this because I actually I don't, I don't want to repeat. So, Let's go ahead and do Dr. Oz. We hadn't heard from him in a while, and uh, then we'll do a little help, another help clip, and we'll just uh, let's see here. Yeah, that's what we'll do. I know we're not we're not sticking sticking with our normal order, but again, that's because I took so much time talking about the misunderstanding from last week's show. 
so here's Dr. Ornish. Again, he's talking about, uh, as he was talking about last week, reversing heart issues. You can't hear it enough. You might say, well, we heard it, but you can't hear it enough. You didn't get all that. I guarantee you. He, goes, he talks kind of fast. He says a lot. Uh, get your pens out, papers out. Make a note. This is the number one authority where it relates to heart issues. This is the man. I mean, I'm serious. Where it relates to reversing heart disease, as well. and also, you know, you young people probably saying, "Well, I don't, I don't need to hear from him," but he also talks about how to keep and have a strong heart. Okay. So again, uh, uh, I said Dr. Oz, but I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I actually wanted to play Dr. Ornish. Y'all bear with me. I know what I'm doing here. I'm just moving too fast. I'm trying to do 15 things here at one time. So I said Dr. Ornish, uh, Dr. Oz, but I meant Dr. Ornish, O-R-N-I-S-H. Oprah had him on for two uh, back-to-back uh, sessions, and we played last week part two, but I want to play part one because I want us to really get this, and then next week we'll play part two again. Uh, Dr. Ornish is no joke, so check him out, and we'll be right back, Okay. This 31-year-old mom thought her back pain was a pull muscle until she saw this. One out of two women are going to die of heart disease. I knew immediately my blood just ran cold. We left for the emergency room after the show was over. Take care of your heart before it's too late. The doctor and the program that has healed thousands of hearts. You say you've seen results in seven days. Your body has a remarkable capacity to begin healing itself. Because your body is trying to help you out every day. Foods to limit and foods you can fill up on. It's not just what you exclude in your diet, it's what you include. Even a fettuccine Alfredo that's good for your heart. No fat, no fat, a lot of fat is good. What to feed your heart next. the news we're going to 2006. Did you hear that? Yeah. A lot of people are happy about that. I know the crew is happy <laughs> about that. Well, we got such a huge response after the recent show we did about active women in their 30s and 40s having heart attacks. Huge! Uh, many of you were shocked to learn that it's estimated that one out of every two women will die of heart disease. Over three million of you went to our website after that show to find out more. So today, what I wanted to do was to see how you may be able to prevent and reverse heart disease, plus gain more energy and lose weight, too. Dr. Dean Ornish is here to show us how. He is the number one expert in the country on this. But first, we heard from women who say they saw that show just in time. I got an email. I could feel that when I was doing the show. I was doing the show, and I'm thinking, I know that there are millions of people who are watching, and some of those people are going to have a heart attack today. 
I could feel that. Well, I got an email from a 39-year-old mom, 39 years old in South Carolina, who said she had been ignoring a pain in her arm. Nora Torek wrote, Dear Oprah, your show saved my life. When I saw it, I recognized that I had the warning signs. I went to the doctor. He told me I was on the verge of having a heart attack. Another email came from a 40-year-old mom in Florida, 40 years old, who didn't know why she was sweating and anxious. So Janet McCarter wrote that after seeing our show on heart disease, she went to the hospital. She says, thank God I did, because the doctor told me I had an abnormal EKG and was a hair away from having a heart attack. Who knows what would have happened had I not seen that show. And this is 31-year-old Lori from New York, 31 years old, who says that that show that we did, when was that, last week? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. That show saved her life. Take a look. I was having my birthday party for my daughter and I started feeling this pain right under my left shoulder blade. A kink or a knot and it didn't get better and then it started down into my elbow and I felt this pain in my jaw and under and up in here in my throat and it was very painful. It was like gripping like it was in your bones. Then I just got the palpitations. This, this racing of my heart. It felt like like I got off a tread machine. At age 31, I mean, this is, you're not thinking heart attack. I'm thinking, well, I went to my local YMCA. I probably pulled a muscle. Heart disease is killing women. So I was watching the show, and there was a girl who was in her early 30s, and she had the same exact symptoms as I had. The pain started radiating down my arms. I knew immediately. My blood just ran cold. We left for the emergency room directly after the show was over. When we got to the emergency room, they pretty much treated it as if, you know, oh, it's someone who's pulled a muscle. And I said, you know, look, I, I, saw, I saw the Oprah Winfrey show today, and I want my heart tested. Simple as that. I, I, I have three kids at home. I want to get back to them. I pushed, I got the EKG, and the cardiologist decided that definitely I had a heart attack. I had a 40 to 50% chance of dying. I definitely felt like the show saved my life. I had to vow that I would never smoke again. I had to vow that I would eat the right things. Before my heart attack, I would have I would have guessed I was pretty healthy. We were going to the gym two to three times a week. Before my heart attack, I was smoking about a pack and a half a day. For breakfast, I usually had a couple cups of coffee, and I was out the door for the day, no time to eat. Looking back on our diet, it was scary. We were eating a lot of high-fat, high-cholesterol foods that just simply aren't good for you. On the average week, we got takeout probably three times a week. We ordered pizza and chicken wings. We had hot dogs. I'm a terrible sweet fanatic, and I love cake and donuts. It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning for myself and for my family. We're going to get on a regimen to eat better, and then the rest of life we can just enjoy it. So today we're going to show Lori and millions of you who are concerned about how to make your heart healthier. For over 20 years, Dr. Dean Ornish has been making headlines as the first doctor to prove, to prove now that heart disease can really be reversed by changing your lifestyle. He is the author of five best-selling books, including Reversing Heart Disease, Eat More, Weigh Less, and Love and Survival. Dr. Ornish says that millions of people have made their hearts healthier on his plan, and his chef even gave the White House and Air Force One some menu makeovers. <laughs> They were eating too many hot dogs on there, weren't they? <laughs> Dr. Ornish says that for many people, avoiding heart disease, avoiding it, is as simple as making two or three changes. And so we're going to talk today about if you already have it, 
how to reverse it. Right. And you have proven that you can reverse it, That's right. not through medication, but through diet. And also, if you want to prevent it and you don't already have it. Dr. Orde says his eating plan is easy to customize depending on if you want to prevent heart disease or if you already have it and you want to reverse it. So if you already have it, if you had a heart attack, it means you have it? If you have a heart attack, it means you already have it. And as you know, heart and blood vessel diseases kill more men and women than virtually everything else combined. And yet, if we simply put into practice what we already know, we don't need to wait for a new breakthrough. Heart disease could be as rare as malaria. You know, we think it has to be a new drug or a new laser or something really high-tech and expensive. And people have a hard time believing that these simple choices that we make each day, like what we eat, how we respond to stress, how much exercise we get, uh, whether or not we smoke, the quality of the amount of love and social relationships. And if you smoke, I, heard, I read that if you smoke and take birth control pills, that you quadruple your chances. That's right. Yeah. And yet, if you quit smoking, within a few years, your risk is as low as if you never smoked at all. Really? So, a lot of this damage, your body has a remarkable capacity to begin healing itself if you give it a break. Because your body is trying to work with you, isn't exactly. it? It's trying to help you out every day. <laughs> It's just working on cleaning out the toxins and saying, I'm would you work with me, please? Yeah. Right. If three times a day you're eating more fat and cholesterol than your body can get rid of, it's got to go somewhere. Right. So the premise of all the things that we're talking about today is really to treat the cause. Dr. Orney says that you need to know your cholesterol levels to determine which plan to follow. Correct. You know, the old thing about an ounce of prevention is really true. It takes less work to prevent disease than to reverse it. Right. So what you can do is, if you don't have heart disease, you can begin by making moderate changes. It's not all or nothing. People often think that the diet I recommend is, you know, really strict and it's either you're on it or you're off it. And that's right. completely the opposite of what I like. It's a spectrum. So if you're eating 12 cheeseburgers a day, go to 9 cheeseburgers a day. If that's enough to get your cholesterol down, that may be all you need to do. Because there is a genetic variability in how efficiently some people can get rid of the fat and cholesterol in their diet. Okay, what if you're only, you're not eating any cheeseburgers at all, but you still have high cholesterol? Well, then you might want to cut back even further. The, the goal is to get your total cholesterol below 150, or the what's called the LDL, the bad cholesterol, below, say, 90 or 95. And if your levels are already that low, whatever you're doing is probably fine, at least as far as your heart's concerned. If they're above that, just begin to progressively cut back on the amount of fat and cholesterol. So that's one of the things we should know. What is our cholesterol? Just like you should know your blood type. That's right. Right. You should definitely know your cholesterol. And it's a simple test. It costs a few dollars. Everybody should know that. Okay. Now, Dr. Ornish's plan is a low-fat, high-fiber diet that puts food into three different categories. Foods to choose most often, foods to eat in moderation, and foods to choose least often. Dr. Ornish says that foods to choose most often are... The fruits and the vegetables. Yeah, but you know why? <laughs> you know, the, it sounds so boring, you know. Fruits and the vegetables. Am I, you know, I going to live longer or is it just going to seem longer, you know, mm -hmm. if I eat this way? But, um, <laughs> part of, part of what I've done a new thing now because I know when, when I was having my heart palpitations, Dr. Ornish, because he is like the number one guy in the country, so I think I'm open if I can call him. So I did. <laughs> and, and, and he actually, like, returned my call. Shocking, He's a, isn't it? Shocking. <laughs> And he's the guy that told me, you do not have heart disease. You do not have heart disease. But anyway, since talking to you, I've now, I used to have like a, uh, a platter of grapes on the kitchen counter, you know, for decorations. But then I would like walk by and like <laughs> take a bunch and, and all the sugar. So now I put tangerines there. Ah. So it's an easier thing and just take a couple bites of the tangerines. So there I'm eating go. more fruits because Good. of you. Good. Okay. You also say beans. Right. And certain whole grains and cereals. But when you eat, when you go from eating a high-fat, high-animal protein diet to a low-fat, fruits, vegetables, grains, beans, things like that, 
you're really getting a double benefit because you're reducing but your beans. They bloat you. Well, <laughs> this you know, you get that kind of bloated bean feeling. I call them beany babies inside. <laughs> This too shall pass over. This too shall pass. <laughs> that is very good. Because you, when you're running on the track, you go, oh, there goes another baby. <laughs> It doesn't, do, it, it doesn't do much for your social support, but, yeah. um, but the fact is you have little microorganisms in your intestines, and yeah. as you switch your diet, they change, and during that transition period, you have a lot more bloating, but once you get on it for a few months, then it gets you back to You don't bloat? No, you don't bloat. Not once you're on it for a few months. It takes time for your, for your gut to adjust to it. Okay. Got it. Okay. Whole wheat pasta. Right. Brown rice. Oh, so you're, you're eliminating the white stuff, too. When you go from a typical American diet, you know, okay. it's high in meat and animal protein and fat, uh -huh. to a low-fat, whole foods, plant-based diet, fruits, right. vegetables, grains, and we've always been talking about, you get a double benefit. You're not only reducing your intake of the disease-promoting substances like cholesterol, saturated fat, oxidants, fat, fat. but you're also getting at least a thousand other substances that are protective, that have anti-cancer, anti-heart -heart disease, even anti-aging properties. So brown stuff, brown stuff, and potatoes. Potatoes are white stuff. You say potatoes are okay. If you eat it with the other things, because when you, go, when you eat a lot of simple sugars, like sugar, white flour, white rice, pasta made out of white flour, you're getting a double whammy. You're getting all these calories that don't fill you up because you've removed the fiber and the bran that ordinarily fill you up, and they get absorbed quickly, so, they, so they, your blood sugar zooms up. Your pancreas makes insulin to bring your blood sugar back down, which is good but the insulin accelerates the conversion But of you know, we're fat. living in a country now where people are afraid of carbohydrates. Well, that's the thing is people think you should go from simple carbohydrates to pork rinds, you know, on the high-protein diets, which is yes. crazy, because then you, you're getting... But you lose weight on those high-protein diets. You lose weight because people eat so many simple carbohydrates. There is some advantage. That's what makes them so dangerous is because they're seductive. People lose weight, but then you mortgage your health. I mean, you can lose weight on chemotherapy, but that doesn't mean it's a very good way to do it, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> If you go from simple carbohydrates to whole foods, the ones you mentioned... Well, now, what's a simple carbohydrate? Sugar, white flour, white rice. It's, those it's, are the white things. The white things. If you stop eating those, and instead of going to, you know, pork rinds and so on, and bacon and sausage, you go from the white things to... Brown things. Brown things. For, uh, you know, uh, whole wheat flour, brown rice, and then fruits, vegetables, grains, beans, in their natural forms, they're loaded in fiber, so they fill you up before you get too many calories and they slow the absorption of the food so you don't get that rapid rise in blood sugar that causes the insulin response. I was going to say, yeah, they do something for insulin. That's right. So you get the benefits that you get on a high-protein diet, but instead of mortgaging your health, you actually enhance your health. Okay. Dr. Ornish's plan also allows you to eat plenty of non-fat yogurt and cheeses, skim milk, and egg white. So the basic thing to remember is eliminate the white stuff. The white stuff and the animal stuff. To the degree you can move in that direction, there's a benefit. Okay. Eliminate the white stuff and the animal stuff. Like the meats, the pork rinds, the bacon. If you're going to eat animal stuff, go from meats to chicken to fish yeah, to vegetarian. Yeah, because I told you I could not give up the bird. You don't have to give up the bird. Cause you okay, folks, I just want to cut that off. I just had to get that in, had to get that in. It was so crucial of information. When you start talking about heart disease, which is, you heard them say, one out of every two women. I mean, don't let you be, don't start thinking, don't start fearing that you're going to be the, the one. But uh, we have to know these things and have to be aware. I know some young people are saying, oh, this ain't got to do with me. This is for older people. But the heart has to start building up this this bad heart at some point. You don't just get old and 
got a bad heart. You start it starts with when you with you when you're young and the different things we eat and stuff. So hopefully y'all was listening. Hopefully you was listening. Just want to quickly go over some things real quick. Um, uh, let's, I want to do the weather because we always try to do the weather every single week. Uh, we've been something new we've added, and then I want to do the top ten movies, and then I want to move right along with some other things, and I want to get down to this uh, this message for the day. And again, this is supposed to be a discussion. So, family, those of you on the phone lines, those of you in the chat room, if you want to comment, if you're in the chat room, simply press one. It's simple. If you're on the phone lines and you want to comment, simply. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, if you're, in the phone, if you're on the phone lines, press 1. If you're in the chat room, just type in your question, okay? But tomorrow, folks, Dallas-Fort Worth area. And if family members in the future, if y'all want me to do the weather for your city, let me know and I can do that and it'll save you from having to sit around and wait on them to tell you on the Internet, on the TV, excuse me. Uh, currently at the Dallas-Fort Worth airport, uh, it is 77 degrees, all right? Uh, that is what it is. Right now, it feels like 77 to tomorrow, tomorrow, Monday. The high is going to be 95. The low is going to be 77. Thunderstorms, uh, scattered showers are expected. Uh, Tuesday, clear and sunny, 97 is the high. The low is 77. Wednesday, 97 is the high. The low is 77. So Tuesday and Wednesday, sunny, 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 and hot. All right. Let's just go ahead and do the top ten movies. Those of you that really like going to movies like I do, I don't go every week, but I certainly uh, love, well, I shouldn't say love, but I definitely like going to the movies. Now, forget what the Bible says. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Very important. I teach my try to teach my kids. That. I don't know if they listen now, but I definitely share that with them. We have no business loving nothing in this planet, on this planet, around this planet, but people. If you ever love a thing, you might mistreat a person because of that thing. Because things are not made to be loved. Things are made to be used as a tool. Coming at number 10, the number 10th movie over the weekends, at the box office we show Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted. This movie grossed over the weekend 3.5 to date. It has grossed $203 million. Can you believe it? Number nine, coming at number nine, Morris Kingdom. Uh, this movie, over the weekend, grossed $3.6 million, and uh, gross today would be $32 million. And uh, Katy Perry, part of me, Katy Perry, part of me, uh, this movie grossed $3.7 million over the weekend. Gross today would be eight. 18 million. Now, by the way, these numbers I keep quoting, this is not for the weekend that just passed. Like today is Sunday. It's not this weekend. Like this was actually last weekend. So I keep saying this weekend, but y'all got to know that. I need to tell y'all that more often, I guess. All right. Uh, Tyler Perry's Medea's Witness Protection Program. I mean, Tyler Perry's Medea's Witness Protection uh, grossed 5.6 million over the weekend. To date, it has grossed. $55 million. Good for Tyler Perry. I like that, brother. I don't care what they say. Savage is coming at number six. It grows uh, $8.7 over the weekends. Gross to date has been $31 million. Can you believe it? Savage. I haven't seen that one, but that looked like a good movie. Magic Mike, at least to me, Magic Mike came in at number five, grossing $9 million. To date, it has grossed $91 million. 
All right, number four. Number four, y'all want to guess what it is? Number four is braid. Uh, over the weekend, uh, last weekend rather, it grossed ten million, ten point six to be exact. Gross to date is a hundred and ninety-five million dollars. That's a lot of money. Okay, Ted. Ted coming at number three. Uh, box at the box office, uh, it grossed twenty-two million over the weekend. Gross to date. $158 million. Number two. Y'all probably already know what it is, right? I'm not going to tease you. The Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, it grossed $35 million uh, over the over last weekend, and uh, gross to date is $200 million. Spider-Man is doing real good. Okay, so Number one movie over the weekend last weekend was Ice Age Continent Drift. Ice Age Continent Drift uh, came in at number one over last weekend, $46 million. Uh, $46 million even is what they're saying. I don't know how they make that to be even like that. But anyway, that's what it says. Okay, so those you moviegoers, uh, there you have it. I think I saw a couple of those that I might want to see personally. But I wanted to add uh, one more thing I did mention, uh, but now I want to make sure we don't we don't ever stop doing this, and that is get in this uh, clip by uh, uh, y'all heard Dr. Ornish talk about uh, reversing heart disease and having a stronger heart. But this is just a little uh, clip with um, let's see here. Hold on. This is just a little helpful clip, just reminding of, of reminding us of our rights. Y'all got to forgive me. I'm trying to do about three things here at one time. So, oh, I sure did like Dr. Ornish. I hope y'all enjoyed that clip. But anyway, this is just a this is a reminder we're going to play every single week, reminding us what you can and cannot ask the doctors for. This is uh, part of the HIPAA laws. I'm gonna try to do this every single week. Okay, we'll be right back. Your health information, your rights. Whether your health information is stored on paper or electronically, you have the right to keep it private. Those rights are protected under a law known as HIPAA, the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. HIPAA gives you important rights. First off, you have the right to see or get a copy of your medical records. Sometimes you might not be able to see certain parts of the full record, but you always have the right to ask. If you find a mistake in your record, you have the right to request to have it corrected. If you disagree with your doctor or health plan about certain information in your record, you have a right to submit a written statement of disagreement that will be kept with your record. You also have the right to know how your health information is used and shared. Now, your provider is allowed to share your information for certain reasons without asking you first, like when your doctors work together to determine how to best treat you when you're sick, or to report the flu when it's in your area. But in general, your providers can't give information to an employer, for example, without your permission. And if you'd like to know who has seen your health information, you have the right to get a report. That's called an accounting of disclosures. HIPAA gives you the right to say how you want to be contacted. For example, you can tell your provider what phone number they should call to contact you and whether they can leave a message. HIPAA also gives you the right to request that your information not be shared with certain people or organizations. All these rights are spelled out in the Notice of Privacy Practices, which is usually given to you or posted at your doctor's office or hospital. 
Be sure to read this notice carefully. It lets you know exactly how your information will be used and shared and how your rights are being protected. And lastly, if you think any of these rights have been violated, you have the right to file a complaint. We're serious about working with you to protect your health information. Know your rights. To get started, just visit the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office for Civil Rights at hhs.gov OCR. This is Donna, Irene's oldest daughter. You are listening to the Booker Douglas Family and Friends Network. You guys enjoy the show.
get folks on back. I want to thank everybody again for joining us on another episode of Blog Talk Radio. Again, you listen to the book of Douglas Family and Friends Network. I want to remind everybody that's listening now, in the future when you listen, if you do not want me to see your phone number, uh, those of you in the, in the chat room right now, and you say, well, I want to call, but I don't want you or anybody necessarily to know I'll call. Some people like that. They just want to be incognito. Sometimes I'm like that. I call other shows. And I listen when I get a chance. I don't do it that often, but sometimes I do. I don't necessarily want them to know I'm calling. I mean, I don't think nothing wrong with it. Just you can have it like that. If that's you, dial star 67 before you dial the phone number. I won't know who you are. It's just that simple. That way you can protect yourself if you need protection. All right? So... Again, if you're in the chat room, because I think some people don't call the show because they go, they listen to the chat room, maybe don't have a computer, or maybe they want to listen to the show, but they don't have a computer and they don't want me to, you know. I mean, that's for those two of you out there, it's probably only one or two people that feel that way. Anyway, folks, uh, just reminded everybody, don't forget about the uh, family reunion in Atlanta, Georgia. There is a family reunion in Atlanta, Georgia. Calvin uh, is uh, the gentleman you need, that's our contact family, uh, contact there in, in uh, Atlanta. His set, his email address is calvin427, calvin427 at charter.net, and he wrote the family earlier. I'm going to share this. I told him I uh, would tell everybody, but this is what he wrote earlier. He said, hello, family. How are uh, y'all doing these days? I hope you're staying cool and out of the heat. We're in the process of gearing up for the upcoming family reunion held in Atlanta next year, Thursday the 18th through Sunday the 21st, 2013. We are moving in from the traditional 4th of July to allow you to spend that day with your families. Also, another reason being is that the airline fares are much cheaper. For those who may not be flying, less traffic to deal with. Um, which will allow you time to move around and to, I'm just kind of moving through here, which will allow you to move around and to things in the city. Your itineraries and notifications will be mailed uh, out to you very soon. I guess he's talking about what's happening with the uh, event, the agenda. However, what I need from you all is uh, possibly a head count because I don't have all the family members' emails and addresses, especially the younger sons and daughters, cousins, nieces, and nephews. So wherever you are in the area, do us, uh, he says in Atlanta, this is the Atlanta people, he's saying do us a quick favor and conduct a head count and emails uh, with emails and addresses. So that's he's talking, that's to the Atlanta people, but mainly he's telling us that it's going to be July the 18th through the 21st. And his email address, again, is calvin427 at charter.net. That's what's happening uh, with regards to the family and the news. That's all I have today with that, okay? Right now it's 10.08, 10.08. And last week when I talked about this topic, I, I went over for about 30 minutes, and so this is why I'm kind of rushing through, stumbling. I'm trying to I'm moving some things around so we can accommodate this very long uh, show. reason why... Uh, I call it long and anticipated being long tonight is because we're going to try to finish it. I don't want it to spill over into next week. I don't want to do a part four. I just want part three. One, two, three, bam, we're done. Okay, move on to other stuff. Life has so many more issues, so many other concerns. So, again, tonight's topic is I want God. 
but I can't stop sinning and feeling guilty. All right? Now, I said earlier, I've already addressed it. I'm not going to go into it too much more deep. I just wanted to say this again. You can always rewind if you missed it and listen to it. But I talked about somebody misunderstood me when I said the church is the most wicked institution on the face of the earth. Of course, every single church is not wicked. I didn't mean it like that. I meant some, or even I would say even most. I don't know how many it is. I would have to go to every single church on the planet. I haven't done that. I don't have the authority to say all. But I can say this in my world, the things I've seen, and I live here in the Dallas, but work area, which is the Bible Belt, which is a religious stronghold of America and probably the world, as far as Christianity anyway, Mecca would be for uh, Islam. So Dallas Fort Worth is to Christianity what Mecca is to Islam. I can tell you that most of the stuff I see in these churches, you would understand why I would say that it is the, for some churches, for some churches, for some ministers, and a lot of these people mean well. A lot of these people are not false prophets. I don't believe that. I think a lot of them are real. I think a lot of them love the most high. I think a lot of them are trying. I think a lot of them mean well, just like I think Jim Jones meant well. Anybody say Jim Jones didn't mean well is crazy. Jim Jones really did mean well in the beginning. They all do. They all do. I think Jim Baker, when he started, he meant well. I think, you know, especially now he means well. I think everybody ever done something wrong meant well. I think David meant well. When he had Queen of Sheba's uh, husband killed to sleep with her, did he mean well? Did he love the most? Of course he did. Okay? So I just feel like people that mean well get off track. And this is why I say, you know, and, and them being the church, it's, the church is unlike the club. The church is unlike the strip joint. The church is unlike the streets. Because when you go to those places, you're not trying to live right. You're just trying to look for a good feeling, whatever feels good. You're looking to feel good. You're looking to, you know, it's all about pleasure. But when you come to church, this is the most serious time of your life. You are now ready to do something constructive. You're now ready to build something strong, a house on a rock, not on the sand that's going to just, you know, be dissipated when the storm comes. So, you go to a doctor, it's almost like a hospital, and you're serious, and you say, I'm dying. I need drugs. I need medicine. And this is, you, you, you're serious now. This is your life. This is your heart. This is serious. And they feed you poison. That's worse than poison you get in the clubs. That's worse than poison you get at the strip club. That's worse than poison you get on the street. Because this is where you're supposed to be able to get your food. So when I said the church is one of the most wicked institutions, again, I stand by that. If I offended people, I'm sorry, but that's just the way I believe. And if you be honest, you would have to agree. That's true. Now, on the other hand, the church, I also said, I also said this last week, and I think I spent more time on this than I did on the problem. I said the church, when you find believers that are, living right and sharing the word and doing the things you're supposed to do, there ain't nothing better. There's nothing better. I had this little group when I used to go to the Christian Outreach Center. Shout out to Christian Outreach Center. And uh, 
we used to throw parties and we used to come together and do and just have fun. I don't think I've ever had that much fun in my entire life as an adult. I don't think I've ever had that much fun. I mean, we went places, we did all kind of things, and and it was just we had Bible studies, and yeah, there was some pe- people dating. I don't know if they was messing up or not. It wasn't my business, but I'm just saying that right there, nothing can top that time when I was fellowshipping with those young people. And it can be said to older people that go out in these, a lot of these churches, they're having fun. I mean, if you if you're around, the only thing the most I ever said we can't do, young people, is we can't do anything at any time that harms our ourselves in any way, our neighbor or the most high. If something when I say harm the most high, of course you can't harm him, but you can harm your relationship with him. So if you are doing anything that is taking you further away from your relationship with the most high, com- uh, 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 complicating your relationship with the most high, causing you can't causing you to not be able to hear the voice of the spirit causing you not to be able to get along with your neighbor and the, if you're not doing what's best by your neighbor. And I'm, I'm talking about any and everybody outside of you. That means your family, too, is your neighbor. If you're doing anything and they don't, they can't say that you have did nothing other than give them the character of Christ, then you're in sin. And that sin is what we're talking about tonight. It's just that simple. It's just it, it don't it's for me, it's for you, it's for everybody. It ain't it ain't it ain't even my laws. It ain't there's nothing I can gain by this conversation or lose. It's just a book that's older than me and you and your mom and my mom and my, your grandmom and my grandmother. It's just an old ancient book with laws and this is what it says, okay? So I wanna first talk about uh the topic. I want God. I'm a young person, I want God but I can't stop sinning. Feeling guilty. What kind of sins you having problems with? Well, I like clubbing. Most young people like clubbing. Most people, young people, like to drink. Most young people like to smoke. Most young people like to um, uh, listen to music that's not necessarily godly. Okay, most young people uh, like sexual sexual sins. Okay, all kind of sexual sins. And there ain't no big little ones or little. Sexual sins is all in the same boat. All these sins in the same cup. All in the same boat. All this, everything is, all of these sins come to kill, steal, and destroy. Now, by the way, going to a club ain't a sin. Drinking ain't a sin. Okay? I'm not even for sure I can say smoking. It depends on, some doctors say it helps your lungs. I don't even know the health aspect of smoking. I would say my guess would be smoking is out because sooner or later that smoke is going to cause lung cancer. But I know for a fact drinking is not a sin. Drunkenness is a sin. Now, what? by who's going to drink and not get drunk? But there are some people that can drink and not get drunk. Well, good for you. That's not a sin. Going to a club, staying in a club with music playing is not a sin. I don't know why people say that's a sin. It's not a sin to go to a club. However, it does say that it's not wise to do something. Everything expedient is not wise. You you can't just go places where people are shooting and all kind of stuff. The Bible says this, flee the, flee the very appearance of evil. Flee the very appearance of evil, okay? So in your mind, if you know that this club is full of evil and you don't flee it, you just violate the scriptures. And so now I'm going to say a lot of things because I think some people begin to think that Seth is, is, is trying to say 
that we can sin. Because I'm starting a little hard on sin right now because I want you all to understand the purpose. Let me just back up. The purpose of this talk tonight, this Bible study tonight, again, it is a discussion. I am going to be monitoring the chat room, looking for people to wave their hands uh, and say something, uh, or not wave their hands, but type in the chat room and say something with regards to I agree, I disagree, or let's just talk. I don't necessarily agree or disagree. Let's just talk about it. I'm looking for that. I'm not trying to get no argument, no debate with nobody. I just, if if, if anything, we'll agree to disagree. If anybody disagrees with me, fine. The young people hear you. Say what you got to say. I say what I got to say. We move on. It ain't going to be no back and forth. You say what you got to say. I say what I got to say. We move on. It's just as simple. Okay? But we got to get this truth out. We got to deal with this. There is no such thing as uh, young people uh, sinning or older people even sinning just because they go to a club. It's not true. But going to a club is one of the most unwise things you can do. You just like shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, it, it is so many crazy things that go on. You would have a, I mean, you would. If you read your Bible for four hours and go to a club, I guarantee you, when you get done at that club, no matter what club you can, you, you, there are some exceptions. I've seen clubs where they just play good music. They don't even play the crazy stuff. And there are some people that claim to be Christians that owns a lot of clubs, and they don't. They make sure don't nothing going crazy. There ain't nothing going on in the back room crazy. They just play good music. They have alcohol and you know, and um, kind of lower the lights, and you just dance and go home. And, and by the way, I don't see nothing wrong with dancing. You know, uh, you have to look at your heart while you're dancing. What you're trying to do? You're trying to show yourself off? You're trying to make boys look at you, girls look at you, men look at you, women look at you? What's your purpose of dancing? Or if you're just dancing because you feel good, you like the music, you like the message behind the music, what can I say to that? What can anybody say to that? You have to ask people when they say to you, this is a sin, that is a sin. Ask them, where is that in the Bible? It's used to saying, where is it at in the Bible? If people can't show you, then just be very kind and respectful. There's just this never there, at any time in this presentation am I going to say, you know, go to people with attitudes, your neck jerking back and forth. No, 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 no. People that are trying to help you in these churches and sharing this, that, and the other, a lot of times they mean very well, and you, you don't want to hurt them in any way. The Bible says, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. Harm. You don't want to harm the people of the Most High. But at the same time, that's a, two, that's a two-sided coin. They shouldn't be haunted, uh, 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 um, harming you because you, too, are the Lord's anointed. And Zechariah Two and eight, when talking about the the Lord's anointed, that 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 was the people of God. That was the people of God. Several times in the Bible talks about the Lord's anointed. Do my prophets no harm? You know, First Chronicles sixteen and twenty two, uh, Psalms one hundred one hundred five fifteen. These are times when it's in touch not my anointed. But people got to understand, it ain't just the preachers. The preachers always use that. A lot of them use that to control their people. Not all of not all of them. I'm going to say it again. When y'all heard me say the church, the ministers, the apostles, the anything, I'm not saying that's for everybody. So if I slip up, just know 
that it's never all. There's always an exception to the rule. There's a lot of beautiful, beautiful ministers that give their life to serve people, and they have done nothing but help people all their life. And I wouldn't want to harm a hair on their head, and neither should you. But we're not talking about the church, this church that's with our spot of wrinkle already. It's not some future event. Everybody always talk about Christ coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Y'all better get it right. No, this church is already without spot or wrinkle, the true church. Okay, because righteousness is a gift. We're going to talk about tonight a little bit. So I don't want to get too much off into that's the sin, this is a sin, but I want to. I just wanted to quickly just, uh, just kind of hit a few little things like clubbing and drinking because that's mostly what y'all young people, you know, that's y'all strongholds. You just got to go clubbing and got to go get your drink on. You got to get your smoke on, and you got to listen to music. And, of course, you think that all this other music sounds so much better than gospel music. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. Every, Almost all those artists come from gospel music. So if they played when they was gospel and they got discovered, I don't know what makes you think all of a sudden they sound better that they're in the world. Everything has its roots in gospel. But again, folks, the purpose of the show, let me just finish up that. The purpose of this show is to actually bring every single young person in this family under the sound of my voice closer to the Most High. To have them to pursue, I would love to say things that will cause them to go research and then for them to find out on their own, not because I said so, but find out with their own eyes and spirit that the Most High do love them with a love that they can't even imagine and that he's not out to get them, but he's out to bring them closer. If the Most High wanted to destroy us, he just think it and we all be gone. He is not, as I think Psalms 103 said, he is not always chided. He won't always chide. He won't always pay us back for what we deserve. Trust me. Anyway, um, so the purpose of this show, again, is to bring us into a closer relationship with the Most High. Any and everybody on the sound of my voice, and even including myself, I'm hoping just talking about this will remind me of the love he has for us. He loves us people. John 3.16 is no joke. He really do love his creation. and He has made provisions to have us close to him. He has made provisions to have sin taken out of the presence of us, past, present, and future. Past, present, present, and future. Sins taken away. Somebody say, well, how can you take away past, present, and future sins? Like I mentioned last week, Israel was a people in the Old Testament. The whole Bible is wrote about Israel. And, uh, the Most High wanted his people uh, before him blameless in love. And so the only way he can make this uh, happen is he had Israel's priests to offer up sacrifices, uh, bulls and lambs and goats. And what happened was when they offered up these lambs, they were to do different things to these animals, the Most High will take out the sins of Israel upon these innocent little animals. And once that animal blood was shed, whether they, they might have killed it or whatever, when that happened, Israel at that second, at that moment, that nation, that entire nation 
was as righteous as the Most High himself. Because all of their sins had been wiped away. At that second, all of their sins had been wiped away. At that second, all of their sins had been wiped away. But the problem was that the blood of bulls and goats was not valuable enough to keep sin away. It was just animals. So when Christ come along and shed his blood and died for the sins, being also in the similitude of a lamb, he took away sins past, present, and future from it blocking us from having a relationship with the Most High. No longer does sin block us from having a relationship with the Most High. No longer does the Most High say, uh-uh, you can't come in my presence. I know what you did last Saturday. Uh-uh, you can't come in my presence. I know what you did last night. Uh-uh, you can't come in my presence. I know what you're thinking in your heart. I know what you thought. I know what you did. I saw you. No longer. We can talk to this Most High. We can mingle with this Most High. And he has sent his spirit upon the earth to train us and teach us the ways of the Father. I'm not talking about the Son, folks. I'm not talking about Christ. I'm talking about the person that Christ talked about all the time, his daddy, his daddy, his daddy, his daddy. I do what I see my father do. I do what I see my father. Me and my father want. Me and my father want. I mean, so much, so much time they said, show us the father. He said, you're looking at it. Me and my father want. We think alike. We're, we're alike. We're alike. We're alike. When you're looking at me, you're looking at him. I am the spitting image of him. I only do what he say do. I do what he say do. I think what he say think. I am him. I'm, I'm just like he is. But he wasn't saying that he is the father because one woman came and laid her hands upon him, like I said last week, and said, good master, good master. And he said, why do you call me good? There isn't but one good. So let's differentiate, make it very crystal clear tonight, Brother Seth, your, your, your brother, your cousin, your whatever I am to you, I'm not saying, we're not saying that, Christ and the Father's one. Make that very clear. Having said that, moving right along, I mentioned so many scriptures uh, over the last two weeks, and I just kind of wanted to uh, give a few of them out to people that that really are serious about learning about this thing called the gift of righteousness. Many of you are very serious. You really want to change. You really want to not be suffering with guilt and and, and, uh, just you know, when you mess up, you are trying to, to, to do right, and you know, but I, I want to give you these scriptures, and there's not a few of them. I just, there's not no easy way out. When you're trying to get knowledge, you have got to pay your dues like any other profession, and it's just, the scriptures in the Bible is no difference. You have to pay your dues and, and do studies and learn. So let me first give you all what I call Bible helps. What kind of things should you have to be able to read the Bible? Number one, first of all, you got to have your heart right. And I do mean that. I'm not just saying it to be politically correct. I'm, I'm so serious. The Bible is a mystery. It is, it's a code. And you hear people say, I read the Bible from cover to cover, blah, 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 blah. And their heart, you can just tell their heart not right. Well, they may do that, and they won't get half the stuff. They won't get probably most of the stuff in there because it's hidden from people just like that, folks that's just reading, just to be reading to try to see what this is all about in a, in a cocky way. 
Now, if they're reading the Bible and their heart is right, they're really seeking the Most High, and they just say, hey, I'm going to read this whole Bible, that person's heart, the Most High is going to reveal the Scripture to this person as they mature. Now, remember, it's as they mature, as they mature. As they are mature and they walk with the Most High more and more and more, they'll be given more and more and more. That's why we're on different levels. Some people walk with Christians don't can never agree because we're on different levels. I mean, some of us on different levels, some of us can't agree because we've actually taught different doctrines. And that's another thing to keep young people out of churches. They are tired of these different doctrines. You know, you go to holiness churches, they say you can't wear pants, you can't wear this, you can't wear that. You go to this church and they don't reference, uh, they talk about you got to be baptized in Jesus' name and, and they're adamant about that, you know. And, you, you know, it's all these different churches and denominations, I think, is a, a big reason why a lot of these young people are not there. But, again, don't be don't be moved by that. Don't be moved by none of these. Young people and everybody, I really want tonight for y'all to really hear what I'm saying. I'm going to be talking fast, jumping around a lot, but I really want y'all to get your pencils out and script in your pens and just write stuff down and really listen to this again if you can because I'm going to go probably, probably too fast, but I just want to get all this out, okay? Study materials. It's very important you have your heart right. I mean, I can't say it again. you got to have your heart right when you pre- The Bible says it like this. Let me show you, t- tell you where, why I say that so much, why I say that so much. Why do you say you got to have your heart right? There's a scripture verse that says it like this. When will you seek the most high? Let me, let me actually look it up here. Okay. If you turn to Jeremiah, if you have your Bible, turn to Jeremiah 29, 13. All scripture reading is going to be from the King James Version Bible every single week. That's the only thing we do. Okay. Again, Jeremiah 29:13. Jeremiah 29:13, please. All right. Now, when you get to Jeremiah 29, 13, I want you to check out something. Check this out. You just can't pray. I mean, you just can't, uh, yeah, pray and, and read your Bible and, and just get an answer. It's not quite that simple because everybody that's praying, their heart's not necessarily right. Just because you're talking to the Father don't mean your heart is right. I mean, that's a good start. You're trying, but that don't mean you can be trying to get that, an answer for your for your ego. Just to be able to say, I know this. You can be praying to, for all kinds of reasons. Paul says it like this in another part of Scripture. We won't turn to it right now, but he says, You have not because you ask not. This is a good scripture for you, young people. You have not because you ask not. And some of you ask that you may consume it upon your own lust. I'm going to say it again. Paul says you have not. Some of y'all have not because you have not asked. And some of you ask and you don't have because you was asking for something that was not yours. In other words, to consume it upon your own lust. Lust means to want something that's not yours. Do more research on that. Write that down somewhere, James 4 and 3. James 4 and 3, third powerful scripture. You have not because you haven't asked. And then those of you that have asked, you've asked, but you ask for things that you may consume upon your own lust. 
In other words, you ask for things that's really not yours, you know, things that you're not really mature enough and that can handle. That's a form of loss. It really is. No, it really is. <laughs> I can hear somebody say, I don't know about that one. No, it really is, folks. Okay, check this out. Now, we, I'm about to drop a several bombs tonight. I mean bombs. I mean stuff that I know when I say it, when it leaves my mouth, it's going to make you, or not make you, it's going to, yeah, it's going to make you free because it, it, it's the truth. It's not my truth. But you know how they say the truth make you free? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm going to share things that is true, and because it's true, it's going to make you free. It's not me trying to control anybody. All right? Now watch this. It won't be me that makes you free. It'll be the scriptures, if it's indeed true. All right? And I say if because I don't want to be cocky. I, I say if. That's the only reason I'm just trying to be humble. I, I believe it is true. So anyway, folks, uh, let me just go ahead and read this. Again, everybody should have your Bible. It says, uh, verse 13. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search me with all your heart. One more time. And ye shall seek me and find me. Let me back up to verse 12. Then ye shall, actually, hold on, hold on, let's see here. Okay, here we go. I'm going to start verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. I'm telling you, there's a seeking period there. And it don't mean people say, well, you just got to keep seeking. It's not a time frame like you got to just keep. Some people in the old holding church, they always talk about, you need to seek for the Holy Spirit, you need to seek for this, you need to seek for that. And as soon as they say seek, you automatically think it's not going to come right away. I don't believe that. It's a, it's a condition of the heart. When your heart is right, it can be the very first time you ask. Or it can be a month later. But your heart got to be right. This is a powerful being. The Most High is no joke. This is not somebody, a little genie you have. You just say that you, you know, yeah, you can entertain his presence. He's your father. But those of you that have fathers that's in your life, you know what I mean? Your father ain't no joke if he's a good father. He ain't no toy. He ain't no genie. You've got to show character. But the Most High is that and even more. Again, verse 13 says, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. So when you say, uh, Seth, well, how do you think a person, you know, can understand the Bible? First and foremost, your heart's got to be right. I've said that about four times. And then let me move on. As far as Bible tools, as far as other things to help you understand the most high, you've got to have a teacher. And I don't mean a person. You've got to have the teacher. That teacher is the Holy Spirit. If you don't believe in the Holy Spirit or if you don't really take it serious, you might as well just stop listening to me right now and go and, I don't know, do something else. Well, I won't say stop listening, but I'm just saying you really not ready because the Holy Spirit is more real than I am. As far as you know, I'm, I'm a myth. What you're hearing is not real. I'm more... 
uh, a myth than the Holy Spirit. My life in this body is more temporary than the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, Christ said, will lead and guide you into all truth, family. I'm going to say it again. Christ said many times that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. Okay, that's John 16. Let me just go ahead and read to see you real quick. John 16 and 13. And uh, those of you who have your King James Version Bible, just flip uh, to John, uh, St. John uh, 16 and 13. It says, very, very clear. How be it? When he, the spirit of truth, has come. Talking about the Holy Spirit I was just talking about. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. This is the Holy Spirit, another servant, sent to the earth that will speak only what the Father says, just like Christ said he does. This spirit is powerful. This spirit empowers. This spirit also has something called the gifts of the spirit that it empowers us with. And if you don't mind, I want to go ahead and just, I want to go through the list. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time because this study is not on the gifts of the Spirit. I did do a study in uh, another blog talk show. If you want more information on it, just simply uh, go back to Five Smooth Stones, the same site you have, that's blogtalkradio.com slash five, the number five, underscore, smooth, underscore, stones, five smooth stones, and uh, look up a show we did called Gifts of the Spirit. And uh, you'll I go really deep into that, all nine of the gifts, what they were, what they are, how they, what they do for us. And uh, But I will tell you, just go ahead and tell you real quick what they are, all right, real quick. Uh, again, this is for the believer, anyone that has accepted the Most High uh, by way of accepting Christ, Anybody that, that has read and, and you know the gospel, how Christ came and how he lived and died and rose and departed, and you believe these things and you have asked the Father to come into your life and you are submitting yourself to him, yes, your flesh craves this world 24-7. Yes, your flesh craves this world 24-7 and has a desired appetite all of its own. Your body is not saved. We're supposed to take that part of us that is born again, the spirit that has been regenerated, that part of us. First uh, John talks about he that, and I want to read that tonight. I posted it on the page, but I want to, uh, I'm not getting off the subject, but I want to read First John where it talks about how that uh, he that is born of God does not commit sin. That's talking about your inward man. It's not talking about your outward man. He that is born of God does not commit sin. He that is born of God does not commit sin. That's somehow the inside of us that is born of God, born of the Most High, that can, does not commit sin. And it says it cannot sin and cannot sin and cannot sin because this part of you is born of God. And it cannot sin and it cannot sin because it's born of God. A part of us, when we become born again, is born directly from the, the Spirit of the Most High. And that part of us does not crave this world in no fashion ever 
365. Never craves this world. It craves the most high. The Bible says he sent his spirit inside of us crying. He sent his spirit inside of us crying. He sent his spirit inside of us crying. Oh, Father, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, Father, Father. Okay? Now, this same spirit that's leading and guiding us into all truth empowers us. It empowers us, folks. I want y'all to listen to what I'm about to say. Young people, if y'all ever listen to something, I say, listen to this. When you are walking and allowing your flesh to get the best of you, we've been talking about the flesh all for the last two sessions. I've talked about an appetite in your body and an appetite in your spirit. Paul talks about it very heavily in Romans 5, 6, and 7, 8. I asked y'all to read those chapters. You know, I know some of y'all are busy or whatever, but you won't understand this battle in our flesh and spirit until you read Romans 5, 6, 7. And in and, and the first part of Romans 8, you just won't get it. Paul said that, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Our body is taking us, it serves the law of sin and death, where our spirit serves the law of life in Christ. It's a little mumbo-jumbo, religious jumbo Hopefully, I'll make it clear to you as we go along. But the spirit, one thing it does, kind of almost like, you know, uh, almost like the power rangers or something, how they have different powers. The Holy Spirit is probably where the power rangers and all these other uh, Superman-type cartoons uh, uh, and sitcoms. It's probably where it's written from, the Holy Spirit. This book is an ancient book. And here it's talking about these powers that the Spirit imparts unto men when they're submitted to the Holy Spirit. One of the these gifts or these powers I keep mentioning is something called a word of wisdom. This means you are a believer. Believer means you believe in Messiah. You believe in the Father. You follow the Father. You believe in his laws, precepts. You you love the Father, right? And as you're submitting yourself to him, the more you submit to the Father and follow him wherever he go, we'll do whatever he tells you, just like Christ said, just like the Bible said the Holy Spirit would do, speak what the Father say. When we get close to him and we're seeking him and trying to hear his voice and seeking him and seeking him, the Holy Spirit will occasionally to that particular believer that's submitted give them something called a word of wisdom. What that means is you're minding your own business, going about your own way, and wisdom for particular situations come out of nowhere. It's not you because you don't have that type of intelligence. I'm saying you're not intelligent, but this is supreme wisdom that just comes straight from the spirit that the Most High have sent upon this earth. And hopefully it embodies you. That's a whole other Bible study. Because when we become believers, we're supposed to ask the Father to fill us with the Spirit. A lot of churches don't teach this. This is what I meant earlier about the churches being a part of the greatest problem. How can you, if you're not teaching people about this most powerful being on the planet Earth, the Holy Spirit, representing the Father, you're not teaching people how to accept it in your life and be empowered by it, and you just teaching little watered down teachings about whatever, but they just not told about the Holy Spirit and this this dynamite, this dunamis power. You are crippling people. My exact comment was the church is the number one problem with the progress of man going forward with their relationship with God. That's what I said last week, and it's the truth. It is the truth. 
these churches are not teaching a lot of the people. They can they they one good thing about them, a lot of them and this this goes for almost this goes for most of the churches. Now I'm not gonna say all, but I will say most in this situation. They're not taught. Just ask your friends. Don't listen to me. Ask your friends. Ask yourself. Have you been taught that you're supposed to receive the Holy Spirit once you've been born again? Remember in the book in the book of Acts where it says, Have you received have you received the power since you believe. Y'all remember that scripture? Some of y'all young people probably haven't read that much, but there's a scripture that says, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Now, this scripture can be found easily in Acts 19. Verse 2, apostles talking to some new converts say, have you received, have you received, have you received this Holy Spirit, knowing that it can empower you? You have to receive it. When you submit to the Holy Spirit and you constantly give yourself to him, and I mean, you're not so much pursuing a relationship with the Holy Spirit as you are the Most High. You're constantly talking to the Most High. Like I played the song earlier, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind and state on me. You're constantly, yeah, you're a business person. Yes, you got children. Yes, you got a husband. Yes, you got a job. Yes, you got different things, uh, community issues you may have to take care of, bills, et cetera, et cetera. But you are supposed to conduct yourself in every single aspect of life as you think the Father would have you do, obeying the still small voice inside of you, which is the spirit I'm talking about. Okay, which is your conscious and the spirit inside of you. Now watch this. Now I want you to really follow where I'm going with this. This is some deep, deep stuff. I kind of almost, it's, I mean, it's so tedious, uh, uh, tedious. I don't even want to. You got to take your time with this. Okay, Acts 19 and 2. And then we're gonna go back to the gifts of the spirit again. Uh, they was asked. He said unto them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? Actually, that's the new uh, in a new American Standard Bible. I want to go with the King James Version. I always try to stick with one version because I know that's what most of y'all have. Make it very simple, King James Version Bible. And it says, and he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since? You believe now. If automatically you get the Holy Spirit, I know you get it. It's been poured out out upon all flesh, but that don't mean it infills you. That's something. The Most High is a gentle. He's not going to force something upon us. So yes, the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon all flesh, and that is it's with us, just like the air we breathe. It's around us, but we have to invite it in. We have to submit to it. We have to say, "Come in, come in." Accept it, just like you would Christ when you accept Christ by faith. So this is what the apostles were saying when it says, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. I can go into this. We can just go, go, go in this one scripture, but i got to move on. I just wanted to say to you all, there is a such thing as receiving the Holy Spirit these people said they never even heard the Holy Spirit. But you'll find that if you read the story to go on, uh, uh, that they laid hands on them and they received, and they, they received, they weren't fearful, they weren't scared like a lot of 
not picking on Baptist church, but they've been teaching their people so many bad things about tongues and and being the body's been uh, given over to the Holy Spirit and speaking of tongues. People they taught against that. So if you taught against them, obviously you're gonna be open up to it. So some people never speak in tongues because they've so been brainwashed against it. But the truth of the matter is, tongues is nothing more than a secret communication network between the Most High and his children. The Bible says we don't know how to pray like we should, and the Holy Spirit make, uh, make intercession for us with groans that cannot even be uttered. We don't even know how to talk. We don't even know what to say. So the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Uh, anyway, that's a whole other study. I can't get into that right now. i just say that that is one of the gifts of the Spirit, um, the speaking in tongues, but Right now, I want to start with just the word of wisdom. We had mentioned that you're minding your own business. And I'm talking about, folks, we're talking about I want God, but I just can't stop sinning and feeling guilty. We're talking about power right now that the Holy Spirit gives us. I'm talking about energies available for us in the church, energies available, I should say, to the church that we can employ to help us live more Consecrated is the word. That means keeping your flesh in check. It's still wicked. It's still wicked. It's still not saved. But you can allow your spirit, man, to rule over your flesh because you're doing things like reading your Bibles daily. You're doing things like hanging out with folks that are speaking the things that the Most High would have us to speak versus somebody that's constantly speaking foolishness over and over and over again. You know, you're going to places where you're being motivated and charged up in your free time versus going to things like clubs. And instead of drinking, you, you know, you're getting drunk on the, the, the spirit. You know, you're praying and allowing the Holy Spirit to take over your body and have, and speak through you, and, and you're getting drunk this way because, you know, I can tell you that uh, millions testify that of this drunk. I've never been drunk uh, in the natural, never. Thank God, glad, proud of it, <laughs> proud of it. But uh, so I can't liken it to something I never experienced, but many liken it to being drunk. That's why they said even in the book of Acts, are these men drunk? You know, and Peter had to stand up and say, this is not drunk. They're not drunk like you're supposing. They're not drunk like you're supposing. So instead of somewhere getting drunk off of alcohol people, there is a drunkenness that the Spirit provides to those that seek him. And you're not just drunk for the sake of being drunk, uh, but you're being charged up in your spirit. You, you, you know, you're building up your spirit to, 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 to keep that body under subjection. So let me move right along. Another gift, these are nine gifts like power gifts that the Spirit impart unto the believer. Are you a believer? Do you believe in the Most High? you believe in the Messiah? you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe? Well, if you do, there are provisions for you as a believer. It's just that simple. Another gift of the Spirit called the Word of Knowledge. The Word of Knowledge is a little different than the Word of Wisdom. Wisdom is what to do in situations. Knowledge is facts, detailed facts, stuff that nobody don't know that you just have insight on, you know, you may get a word of knowledge that something's going on right now at the house and you have no idea, you have no proof, but you just know within your mind beyond a shadow of doubt something is happening at your home right now as you speak. And so a lot of people rush home when they get this and they find 
their house was in danger. Or you get a word of knowledge that something is going on, somebody's trying to, you know, maybe uh, underhand you at the job, trying to do some, some malicious thing, and this knowledge just comes to you out of nowhere. It's like free information. I'm telling you, this is the bomb. I've experienced it. It is the bomb to have knowledge that's coming to you from the clear blue about something that you have no clue about. You wasn't thinking about it. Your mind don't even know to think about it. And you get up and move on it, and you save. You save your your life, or you save yourself money, or you save your – you cause some type of harm to stop because the spirit alarms you with this word of knowledge. And also, mainly what the spirit's job is, I want to make this very clear, because we have angels on the planet, and I'm not talking about fallen angels, demons. I'm talking about angels that are not fallen. And we have these beings on our planet that uh, that come to steal, kill. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Bear with me here. I'm trying to move a little fast. Let me slow down. But you have angels on our planet, and uh, they, have come to, they have come to protect us. And they can speak to you as well. They can say, stop, go here, turn there. You know, that's what happened with Peter when he was released out of jail. Angels would say, go here, go there, go to this gate. So these, not, this is not the Holy Spirit. It's very clear because people oftentimes say the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. said, thank you, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's main job is to reveal who the Father is. The Holy Spirit's main job is to reveal who the Father is. The Holy Spirit's main job is to reveal who the Father is, not to protect us from some car that just came from our right we don't see it. That's an angel. That's their job. It's very, very clear, clear, clear on this in the scriptures. Holy Spirit is leading and God's in charge. Young people, I want to give you all something else. Again, again, we're going to get off into people and doctrines that push you out of the church. But right now, I'm giving you strength, armor, rights, things that you can do to stop, uh, to stop sinning and to keep the body under submission, things I've learned over the years. It doesn't mean I exercise them and I'm perfect and I'm no, 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 no. But I've been in this war, in this battle, in this warfare long enough to know how to strengthen myself. I know how, and I'm just sharing with everybody tonight how. I'm just showing how. I'm sure some of y'all probably know circles around even stronger things you can do to for the young people. Well, if you do call in, and let me keep my eye on the chat room. I've been talking, 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 and didn't think to look at the chat room. But anyway, uh, again, those on the phone lines and chat room, just thank y'all so much for um, for listening and and being on time and everything. So anyway, a word of knowledge, a word of knowledge. We talked about two gifts so far: word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is just a fact. Something that drops in your mind, you have no idea. Nobody told you. And you know it like the back of your hand. It's the spirit of the most high that just imparts that information to you, okay? Simple and plain. No other way to explain that. It's just a word of knowledge, okay? Now, here's another power gift. This is another power gift. It's called faith. It's called faith. And, and this gift is utilized even in salvation to get people saved. The Bible says no man can even... even when you bec- when you accept the Most High as your Father, and you accept the Messiah as your, the guy, uh, the, the the perfect one to lead us to 
the heart of the Messiah, I mean, of the Father. Uh, even when you do that, which y'all listen to me, that was faith. The faith that you have to believe all this stuff about a Messiah raising from the dead and all that you wasn't there. Why do you believe? How do you believe? Where did you get that from? Why do you believe this story? Why do you believe that? You believe that because the most high imparted even that very faith that you exercise. He imparted it to his coffee. Um, excuse me. I'm trying to do three things here at one time. Let me just take a sip of this tea here. Just bear with me, folks. Okay. And I'm hitting this, hitting this, hitting this because I'm not done. And, and I'm telling y'all, young people, if you just give me a chance, um, we're going to drop some serious science here in a minute. And I've got some things to say about people and doctors that drive you from the church. And I'm going to hit it. And some of y'all are going to be rejoicing because some of y'all ain't stupid. You know some of this stuff ain't right, but you don't feel comfortable checking these people. You don't know how to. You don't want to because you respect them and love them. So, And, and you have the right heart if that is your heart. Okay, because these are uh, God's people in most cases, not all cases. Some of them are straight up wolves and sheep clothing. I can't. I'm not gonna play with you, but I will say most of the people you probably seen those of you on the, on the, in the chat room. If you want to stay uh, connected, you have to call. Remember, at eleven o'clock straight up, you have to got the call, which is now you got to call the seven six zero two eight three oh eight three eight, or you're gonna get disconnected. Seven six zero. Two eight three, oh eight three eight. Or you're gonna get disconnected. It shuts off. Uh, you got to be on the phone lines by the MRS. Y'all know how that works. But anyway, uh, we are gonna talk about that. But I'm, I'm just laying a foundation. I want to make sure everybody understands that uh, that uh, the different things we talked about. You know, um, I'm trying to look at this here. I actually see something I did that I didn't miss. But anyway, I want you to understand the gifts of the Spirit. I want you to understand the Spirit, what He is doing, what His job is, what the Holy, what the angels are supposed to do, what they're required to do, what they're doing in the earth, what the Holy Spirit has been sent to the earth to do, how they relate to the Father, how both of these relate to the Son. What is the Son doing? What is the Father doing? I want this to be very crystal clear in y'all's mind because some of this stuff kind of can almost appear like a to be spooky and confusing. If you listen, if you know, listen to people and they don't really understand the Bible, they can be very, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i just being honest. Until I started reading and, and getting into the Bible myself, you know, looking in my Bible, check, first of all, checking your heart. Your heart got to be right, first and foremost. You, you got to seek the most out with all your heart. That's, you got to be right, folks. You know, and then you got to have study tools. You got to have a good Bible. I recommend Thomas Chain Reference Bible. They cost a lot of money, but I'm telling you, is when you get one, you'll you'll you will cherish it. I bought since then probably 11 Bibles. I've bought them for people. I've talked probably over 100 people to get them, getting them just by them watching mine. Billy started me on that road, but you need some caller. Uh, uh, you don't have to have this, but it's good to have a Bible dictionary. Another Bible. You need to, uh, a good thing. To, a good thing, man. I'm just, just, this is just tools, right? Quick Bible tools. In addition to having your heart right, uh, and, and and listen to the spirit. The spirit, the spirit is the number one, uh, number two thing you need. 
got to have the heart right first, but then the spirit for sure. But you got to seek the most high by studying the scriptures too because we always can't just hear clearly the voice of the spirit. So you have to pursue, and this is where you come in with studying the scriptures. But like I said, the Thomas Chain Reference Bible is the best Bible to find scriptures on a particular subject. There is nothing on the market better than the Thomas Chain Reference Bible. Then you need some called the Strong's Concordance. These are things you absolutely positively need to be to go to that next level and study the scriptures. A Strong's Concordance is like this. It's a Bible dictionary when there's a concordance. A concordance is something where if you are looking for a scripture, you only need to remember, let's say you're trying to find, where is John 3.16? I mean, well, where is for God so love the world? I don't know where that's at. I know I know scripture, but I don't know where it's at. So you will look up any word in that verse. You can look up far. You can look up God. You can look up soul. You can look up love. You can look up the. The is going to be a big enough the. So I wouldn't recommend looking up the. But you can look up world. That he gave. All these words you can look up. And this concordance will list all of the times the word the or world or far or so. And it's a very thick, thick book, of course. But that comes in handy. And then which, at the back of the Thomas, I mean, at the back of the Strong's Concordance, uh, James Strong has this uh, dictionary, and it all of the Bible. You know, as you know, the Old Testament was first wrote in the Hebrew, and then the New Testament was wrote in the Greek. So you go to the back, and you can see what these words were in their original state. That will get you going down a very serious road of research. Another thing I recommend, some call Scripture Treasury. Scripture Treasury is a really odd book. A lot of people don't know about this, but Scripture Treasury, some if you have a little extra money after you buy uh, the uh, uh, Thomas Chain Reference Bible and, uh, and the Strong's Concordance, and, and also I didn't mention it that much, but some call a parallel Bible. Actually, I recommend a parallel Bible before you get the Strong's Concordance because the parallel Bible is just a regular Bible, and uh, it has four different translations. You know, some of them have two translations, some of them have four, but get the ones with four. And every time you read a scripture, every time you read a scripture, you just look right beside it and you'll see another translation saying, look right beside it and you see another translation saying, look beside it. With four translations, you should be able to understand what that scripture is saying. Okay? It's, technically, a translation is a commentary, but it's, it's somebody's interpreting what they feel like the scripture is saying, really. But it, in, in in most cases, I found out I found that at least most of the time, not all the time, it helps. Sometimes other translations, these people have other agendas. I, I won't go into that. But for parallel parallel Bible, the parallel Bible, just go to any Christian bookstore, any bookstore really, and just ask for a Bible that that's got more than one translation. Okay, so I would say that's even number one. I'm gonna make that number one. Then number two would be a strong concordance. I mean, uh, excuse me, I can't talk tonight. A Thomas Jane reference Bible, and what that will do is allow you to look at more than one. Uh, uh, hold up, hold up. Bear with me, people. Okay. Number one, get a parallel Bible. That's going to have four translations in it, or sometimes they have two. Number two, get a Thomas Chain Reference Bible. This is the best reference linking of scriptures by subject probably around, okay, that 
you're going to need to get number two. Number three, a strong concordance. And you might not really use the concordance so much as you're going to use the dictionary in the back. It's the best. Okay? All right? And uh, we'll just say that's enough because anything else is for more in, uh, people that's more deep into that. Okay? Some of y'all really want to know that. All right? So, Having said that, let's move past. Uh, we talked about the clubbing, the drinking, the smoking, the music. Where your heart is at? Where your heart at when you're drinking? Where your heart at when you're clubbing? You know, why would you, why would you want to smoke knowing that it is defiling your lungs? Why would you want to? That's sin. If you know something is going to defile you, it is a sin. Remember, sin is when you're destroying yourself your neighbor, or your relationship with the most high. That's all it is. If they don't destroy one of those, any of those, it's not a sin. The most high didn't come to tell us what we can't do. He just came for us to walk in a wholesome life. You know, why would you, sin is really an act against yourself. It's going to hurt you in the long run or the short run. Why would you do anything that's an act of hatred towards yourself. Any sin you can think of, I can pretty much show you how it's going to cause harm quickly, slowly, or in the long run. Every sin, every sin is connected with some type of, uh, uh, it's going to either steal from you, kill you, or destroy you. The Bible says thief come but but for the steal, kill, and destroy is the reason I use those three. The Bible says that thief come but to kill, steal, and destroy. But I am come that you have that you may have life and have it more abundantly. This is the Messiah speaking. But thief come that you must thief come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that you may have life more abundantly. Now let me talk about some things in the church real quick. That uh I want everybody on the sound of my voice to please, please hear what I'm about to say. Do not be afraid of anybody calling himself a man of the Most High. And do not be awed by any of them. Nobody, none of me, and they shouldn't awe you. What you should be awed by is the power of the Holy Spirit. Even if the Most High is using people to do whatever you call a miracle, you should never be awed by a man of God. You should be awed by the power of the Most High, what he's able to do in men. Because if you're awed by the Most High, then you know it can happen to you. If you're awed by the man, then he can control you. Let's say it again. If you're awed by the Most High and what he can do through man, then you know it can happen to you. And you don't give that man undue just, undue glory. Yes, the Bible says, how lovely on the mountain are the feet of them that, that bring good news. Ministers are special people. They have a special job. They're no more special than you. I'm a minister. I'm no more special than anybody my job is special. People's thoughts may be more special, but their concepts may be more special. 
their doctrines may be more special than the next person, but they, all of us, are the same. I I am so happy I ran into uh, one of my mentors uh, back in the day when I was coming up as a youngster, young minister, and that was uh, Bishop R.F. Sample. Now, I went to Pastor Jordan Church. Uh, I don't know if you go by Pastor Jordan. Everybody wants to be a bishop now, but... Uh, but on Riverside Drive, I think it's 45, 45 Riverside Drive. I think I still remember that. But Pastor uh, Jordan was one of those people that, that at the time was very religious. And that means a religious person is a person. I'm not slandering him. Slander, I'm not, I'm not saying he ain't right now. I don't know. I'm just talking about back in the day. He did things. I shouldn't say he is religious. I should say he did things that was very religious. Religious means you do things, and you're not necessarily following the most high. You're following your own fears. You're following which, some own different things you have inside your head about people. You're conducting yourself like that. And uh, I know beyond a shadow of doubt when the most high called me, called me, because it was prophesied by many people, uh, before I even made up my mind, I wanted to accept the calling. I rejected the calling all my life and ran from it and really forgot about it. That's how bad I ran from it. You know, when you run from it, you forget about it. You, you, that's pretty strong. But then one day it happened after I got fired from the Worthington Hotel downtown, being one of the first four night auditors they hired. In fact, we was just there last night, uh, reminiscing uh Trying to find one of the old guys. There's one, one of the, one of the four of us. Not I'll just stay down there, Walter. But anyway, um, after getting fired, I began to ask the most high. Well, what happened? I know, you know, I'm supposed to be an accountant. What happened? You know, because I was down with the accountant thing. Many of y'all know about when I uh, was really into that for a while. But anyway, makes a long story short. Speeding up real fast. Uh, Talk about ministers and how different ones have different personalities and how some people is just they they got bondage about them, man. They some of these pastors the way they carry themselves, they just tyrants. They just they just want everybody to bow down to them for a spirit of control. And then Pastor Sample was just accepting and just believed in you more and just did more things to inspire you to make you wanna live for for the Father more. Not that he is your motor and you need him to but people can inspire you to live even better than whatever you're doing or worse than whatever you're doing. And my experience with pastor, the one pastor was very discouraging and the other one was very encouraging. And I thank the Most High the day I left Rowan Hill Church of God in Christ because it was bondage. Now it could be just the flip opposite. I don't know. But I'm just tell, giving my testimony. I'm saying to young people, don't be afraid. I never was afraid. If I see Pastor Sample right now, I don't get nervous. I, I mean, I'm a grown man. I, but you'd be surprised on people even 80, 80 years old. They come around their pastor to get nervous. I don't get nervous around nobody. I don't get nervous around T.D. Jakes. I don't get nervous. And I'll be around people. I'm mean, not people. That, that, that's that. I don't think I've been around a minister quite as top. Uh, yes, I have. Actually, I was in a conference with uh, Oral Roberts 
And we was at this little conference up in Tulsa. I've been around people like that, you know, people that had a, a following. And, and uh, either I've been in conference with them or something. We rub elbows. Uh, but I've never, and it's only because somebody said to me what I'm saying to you right now. Don't be intimidated. A lot of times what you think is God and people treating you like, oh, you often left field. You have to just basically, it's a hard thing. You have to deal with the most high on that. You know, you have to, that's why it says we're not supposed to be honoring to ourselves, uh, a family. We need to be studying the scriptures, and we need to be studying the scriptures, and we need to be studying scriptures. You should be studying. I'm not talking about no three verses a day. Now, some of y'all, that's maybe all you can handle right now, and okay, do your three verses. But you need to have big, big, Big plans to expand that. Need to be, you know, we need to be reading the scriptures every single day. And if you don't like reading, not a problem. Go get the the, the scriptures on cassette, or on CD, and listen to them, and listen to them, and listen to them, and listen to them, and listen to them. Now that you're listening to them, then listen to them, and listen to them, and listen to them, and listen to them, and listen to the scriptures, and listen and ponder it, and rewind and ponder and rewind. Don't rush it. Don't rush through it. And listen, and then start all over again, and listen, and listen, and ponder, and ask the Most High, and and and, and seek Him, and seek Him, and ask, and ask. That's what, when I say seek, I mean you keep inquiring, praying, and pray over what you read. I'm telling you, don't look for no man to be your teacher. Now watch this. I'm getting in trouble for saying that, and I'm about to back it up because I already know folks gonna go with this. So I'm telling y'all right now, somebody gonna say, uh-uh, what do you say? You don't need no man to teach you. Now, don't you listen to me? The reason why we have teachers and preachers and well, teachers and pastors and evangelists and all these people in the body, the Bible calls this, and uh, this is what some people call the fivefold five ministry. Most I don't call it that, but it's it's apostles, teachers. Uh, uh, let me just look it up here. But these are put in the church for the saints. These positions. Of office, these offices, you know, they're put in the church. Okay, pastors, teachers, evangelists. Okay, they're put in the church. Don't y'all listen to me? They're put in the church. Hold on one second. I'm trying to do all this one time. <laughs> oh, it's funny me trying to do all this one time. All right. Now it says here. It says, "Your boy, tell you, the computers are nice, but when they don't work, they don't work." Okay. Now some of y'all might say, "Well, what do you mean? We don't need anybody to teach us." When I say we don't need anybody to teach us, I mean to be the final word. Nobody in your life should be standing over you giving you the final word. Nobody. I don't care who they are. Now, if you're a minor, yes, your mom and dad should have the final word. Big time. Ain't no discussion. Mom and dad got the final word. 
But once you become a follower of the Most High, you begin to believe in the Gospels, what, what was said about Christ, you believe. You believe. You believe he came, lived, and died, and rose, and left, and is returning. You believe. You believe in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what they, their account of who Christ is. Yes, you down with it. You believe. You don't even know why, how, what you believe. That's that gift of faith we was talking about, but let me move on. 4.11. I want everybody to turn their Bible to Ephesians 4.11. Listen to what it says. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? Why did he give these offices again? He gave some apostles and some prophets and evangelists and teachers for the perfecting, for the perfecting of the saints, for the perfect, perfecting. Of the saints, you get that perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. Watch this for the edifying or the lifting up or the encouragement of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith. So these offices was put inside of the church, which is in the people. These these gifts was put inside mankind and given to the body of Christ. Us people collectively that's part of Christ or, you know, uh, follows upon the earth, believes upon the earth, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, until we come into little crisis, so to speak, until we become sold out like he was, until we have his perfect form. See, Christ is our example of how to please the Father. We don't worship Christ. We give him the we give him glory. He gets glory. Don't get me wrong. He gets glory. He gets honor. He gets praise. But the highest praise goes to the Father. But for sure, all power on earth has been given to the Son. So we're all supposed to be following his example until we be made into a perfect man. A little side road. You ever thought about the person? It has the kind of power to give Christ all power in heaven and in earth. What kind of person can give you all power in heaven and in earth? What kind of power do he have? That's the Father. But anyway, these gifts, these, 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 these are these. Gifts, these bought these um, apostles, prophets, teachers, all of these functions, all of these areas, all of these callings have been put into the the body of Christ. That's all of us collectively. But that don't give none of these people the right to rule over you like a tyrant and tell you you can't do this, you can't do that, and to tell you they're going to impart some special gift unto you like these folks do on TV. The only person that's going to be imparting anything is going to be the Holy Spirit. And it imparts unto some of us the gifts that I just mentioned. Some, some, you know, some people will be given to uh, be able to be apostles and teachers. And I'm talking about seasoned saints, okay? Now watch this. I just read that and I want to, I'm going to read something else. 
You can almost probably think it's contradicting, but it's not. Now, just like I just read that, there's a scripture that says, you need not that any man should teach you. Now, watch this, First John 2 and 27. First John 2 and 27, we just got through reading, and he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. It's for the saints and the work of the ministry, for the for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity, the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It actually goes on to say, I should have read the next verse, I like that too. It says that we henceforth be no more children that we henceforth be no more children. Once we come into the stature, the fullness of Christ, and we're going to get off into all this other stuff we're going to talk about. You know, we're, going to, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time, but we're going to get into a little bit of it, talking about folks in the church that drive people from the church. It's not a whole lot of talk. It's just there's some simple people, so it's going to be some simple statements. We're going to talk about it, though. Just bear with me. Because some of y'all are feeling my spirit. A lot of people in this family have just been pushed around by by folks calling themselves teachers and apostles and, and bishops and you know, and we need to know stop this control of people. Yes, we need the knowledge they have, but they need to impart that in a certain spirit. And I stopped people a long time ago from lording over me. I mean long time ago. And some of them was twice my age. And I stopped them and they respect me. They back down. Once they see you know your stuff they back down. You don't want to disrespect anybody, just like they shouldn't be disrespecting you. But you don't not, the Most High did not put us into a whole, we're free people. And yes, we, we're supposed to seek out elders for, for wisdom because they've been around and they know some things that we, you know, that a lot of people, young people just don't know. But these elders have got to present themselves to in the character of Christ. He just said so we all come in the fullness of Christ and the sky's Christ. Well, Anybody that's walking uh, in the knowledge of the Son of God and a perfect man or to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ is not going to be acting all condescending and putting people down and putting them on blast and preaching from the pulpit, you know, just putting them on front street. All this stuff is tactics to get you to submit. And most of the time, most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time, money is the bottom line. They fear not being able to get something in that plate. And they're trying to control you to keep you there. That's why a lot of people don't like you fellowshipping with other churches. I'm telling you, I, I don't, uh, please, please. So, uh, remember those of you on the phone lines, uh, appreciate you listening. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, just press 1 in the chat room. Uh, chat room, at this time, it shouldn't be anybody unless y'all chatting among yourselves because y'all can't hear me on the Internet right now. Because it stopped after the show reached at 11. So anyway, it's 11:24. We're going to uh, hit a few more points, and I want to wrap this up. Okay, watch this, folks. Again, this is First John 2 and 27. You're going to like this. You're going to like this. But the anointing which ye have received of Him, Him who talking about the Messiah, Christ. But the anointing which ye have received of him, excuse me, actually it's talking about the Holy Spirit, bear with me. 
But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you all things, but the same anointing, but as the same anointing teaches you all things, but as the same anointing teaches you all things, but as the same anointing teaches you all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, ye shall abide in him. One more time. But the anointing which ye have received abideth in you, and ye need neither any man teach you, but the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is true, and is no lie, and even that it is and even it, it and even as it hath taught you, and ye shall abide in him. All right, folks. John two twenty seven. I can't make that more plain. You have the Holy Spirit in you, but you need these apostles, the teachers, the evangelists. What they do, they put the word out there. And you need the spirit inside of you to lead and guide you and say, yeah, that's right. No, that's not. So who's your ultimate teacher? The the, the, the teacher in front of you, the pastor in front of you, the apostle in front of you, or the spirit inside of you that checks everything you hear, that say yes, no. This is why I say no man, no pastor, no mom, no grandma, no grandpa, nobody standing in the the office of any type of person in church should be your final word ever, ever, never. Never on this planet should any person calling themselves a believer, saint, apostle, preacher, it shouldn't be ever them saying, I'm telling you this, and this is what you got to do, or else we're going to blah, 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 blah. No, they are supposed to come at you and say, Brother, I believe the Spirit is saying this to you, this, that, this, and the other. You have a right to choose which way you're going to go, but this is what I feel the Spirit is saying. That's the end of them. And if they have fruit in their life, and if they have family, when I say fruit, I mean fruits of the Spirit. That's a whole other conversation, fruit of the Spirit. I didn't even finish naming the nine gifts of the Spirit. I'm telling you, so much. But the fruit of the Spirit is characteristics of the Spirit. And it's things like love and patience and kindness and meekness and long-suffering. And, you know, if they don't have these characteristics and their children don't like them and they don't have good marriages and they don't seem to have that, 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 that joy that passes all understanding, the peace that passes, excuse me, the peace that passes all understanding, if they don't have that. I would take everything they say with a grain of salt because that means they're not led by the Spirit. And another thing, if you see people, and I'm not picking on obese people, but if people, obesity is a, is, means that their flesh is out of control. It just means it. It's a shame that it's something you can see with your eyes because it's not unfair to those people because they may have that one area out of control and all the other areas in the control and may actually be a better prophet, preacher, teacher than most people. But it is a flat-out sign staring in your face that I'm out of control with my flesh is concerned. you got to not overlook that. Serious. People that's constantly talking about, you know, um, sex, you can't overlook that. People that's constantly talking about uh, people, constantly backbiting, you can't overlook that. 
you know, people that's constantly lying. You can't, you can't, uh-uh, you can't overlook that. People that don't want to work but want to just live off other people and leech off other people, you, you, you can't overlook that. You can't overlook any fleshly dominant uh, uh, compulsive type of behavior because this is all characteristics of somebody that's lead, uh, being led by their flesh or evil spirits. I'm talking about leaders right now. I'm talking about young people, family, y'all that bought these churches and, and there's a lot going on. And you see these ministers, they don't have character. They don't have character. You've got to be careful. You need to pick a good church with people that don't display these characteristics. You want to pick people that display the characteristics of the Spirit. They're called the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. You want to go to pastors and preachers and teachers and apostles. You want to follow people that have fruit. I'm not talking about no money. I'm not talking about no big churches. People hide behind that. Money is political. You don't know how people got money. When I say the fruit of the Spirit, I'm talking about people that have something that you can't buy. You either got it or you don't. You can't buy the fruit of the Spirit. You can't buy being humble, being patient, being... Let me just give you all the the, the, the correct... The, the, the Everybody, please turn it in your Bibles. I know we're doing a lot of turning. Galatians 5.22. Galatians 5.22. Now, <laughs> Galatians 5.22 is going to share some characteristics that that a lot of people don't have. I'm talking about a lot of people. Galatians 5 is going to share some things that people would pay money to get. Rich people would try to buy it if they could. But this only comes to those that are committed, sold out, and and almost possessed. Possessed sounds so negative. But somebody that has given their will over to the Spirit and the Spirit is in complete control of them, they're going to display these characteristics. It's not easy um, to... You're not going to see a lot of people. It is actually easy to do. You just submit to the Father and follow the precepts and concept and seek the Father's heart. Be one of those after His heart. Galatians five twenty two and five and five twenty three says it like this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Think about these characteristics. How I many of you know got all these? This is what you want in, your, in a pastor and a leader. And anybody, including me, sharing scripture with you right now, you want people that have this. And if you see they don't have it. Listen to what they say, but, you know, they shouldn't be your leader. It's a difference between somebody sharing the Bible with you on a bus stop and somebody that's actually leading you. You go to them all the time for your insight and knowledge. You need to make sure whoever they are, and I'm, I'm talking about even me, put me in this category. You know, listen to the things I say. See how I talk to people. If I'm talking like condescending to you, don't even listen to me. I'm in the same boat with all these other folks I'm talking about. Don't even listen to me if I get condescending, putting people down, thinking I'm holier than thou, holier than thou, okay? I'm serious. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Hmm. That's knocked out half the people I know right there. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, which means the ability to just take some things without cracking. You know, got a little toughness to you. You don't just break with every little thing that go wrong. It's, that's a characteristic of Christ. To be able to suffer, every all of the saints had it. You just can't be. You know, Moses was tough. These people can take some stuff. 
gentleness, gentleness, goodness, just goodness. Why try to be evil? Just goodness. They're always pursuing something that's good. Faith. They believe it. They don't doubt. They they trust the Most High. They trust the faith, faith, faith. Meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law, meaning there is no law against any of these. You should always remember that if you don't remember nothing else, I say these are the characteristics of your leaders. Should be your pastor. You should be in churches with characteristics of that. If your pastor's putting you down, constantly telling you, preaching like they got some special thing, they don't have nothing special. I'm gonna. You hear people talking about. I hate to see people that do this. You know, God has given me something, and I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna impart this anointing to. I'm gonna impart this into you. I'm gonna impart that to you. Now, I hate to hear Creflo them say it. I hate to hear Tentacle them say it because that is so wrong. You can't find nowhere in scriptures. In the Old Testament, Elijah didn't impart stuff, but that's because that was a different dispensation than the dispensation since Christ. Since Christ, the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon all of us. We don't need nobody to impart nothing to us, especially when all you got is just material things to show how powerful you are. And nobody did get nothing in your services. Or not. They ain't showing no Acts 2 type of church. Really take them with a barrel of salt. And I think you just got rid of 90% of the churches you know. So I'm saying don't be afraid of people. But, you know, and I, and I just said some names, so I want to make sure you all understand me. I'm not saying these men are false prophets. That would be called slander. I'm saying I believe they're men of God, but they got they get off. It's like I got off when I said the church. It ain't the church. The church is is. Not all people in the church is tripping, but some people that's a part of the real church is tripping. And when they trip, I do think that's a more wicked evil than all others. Remember the scripture says judgment will begin at the household of faith. Y'all know that? Y'all familiar with that scripture? The Bible said that judgment, judgment will Begin at the household. Let's just look it up. I don't want y'all to think I'm making up stuff. Obviously, the judgment will begin. First uh, Peter four and seventeen. Let's see here. First Peter four and seventeen. Those you have your Bibles. It says it like this. And this is the King James Version Bible. It says, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. That's the main part of the scripture I wanted you to see. It goes on to say, And if it first began at us, what shall the end of them be that obey not the gospel of God. But judgment is going to begin with the church. Why? Why would the most high is going to start with the most accountable? Who much is given, much is required. This is why I say the church is the most biggest problem on the planet. That part of the church that's disobedient, that part of the church that's teaching the lies, deception, promoting ignorance, hiding stuff from their flock. This is why I Say they are most wicked than any place on the planet because they have the most power to change. They have the most resources to change. They 
have the most high himself on their side. They're in a league of their own. Nothing can touch the church. Being Having the answer, nothing can touch him. And being the problem, nothing can touch him. Who the most high going to say, I'm mad at you too? No, he's going to start at the church. So I don't have no, no, I don't have no, I sleep good at night when I have conversations like this because I know I'm telling the truth on this. So, folks, I just want to say that I love everybody. I don't have no hatred in my heart towards nobody. And uh, this ain't no family thing. This is a universal Bible study talking about just ministers, preachers, Layman people in the church, folks trying to act like God is on them, you can, parking lot prophets, <laughs> everybody that's saying God said, all these people I'm talking about tonight, all of them. Be careful. Be careful, family. i got to wrap this show up. Be careful, family. Be very careful. Don't let people run you away from the house. I will never... Never, unless I lose my mind, let, again, somebody run me out of the household of God. Never, never, never. My mother was probably the first person that I felt did. I'm going to be honest with you. My mother, I have high respects for her, higher than anybody probably, anybody on the planet. You know, I, but I remember when I first got saved, and it was, it was a trouble. It was, it was hard, and she was just, I'd be trying to read my Bible, and, this woman will be talking about clean up, and, and I'm like, what is wrong with this woman? And I was thinking, I'm just going to leave this whole thing alone. Just, forget, forget the whole Bible thing. And I have to ask myself, why would you want to forget it? What were you doing it for her? She don't have no franchise on God. She don't own God. If you run away from God, you're going to suffer. And I said, huh, I'll change that quick. Folks, listen, most I love you. He has went above and beyond to show mankind his love. And I don't mean just with Christ. Anybody talk about Christ? Yes, Christ was the ultimate. That was the ultimate sacrifice to give up your son. My, 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 my. I ain't trying to, I'm not trying to top it. I'm just saying there's been other things in Old Testament where the Most High was showing mankind. I'm not just trying to wipe you off the planet Earth. I'm trying to work with you. He did it several times with the prophets and Moses, and he's not trying to just beat on us like people think. He's not taking us, our loved ones, away from us. It's nothing I hate. He took my mama. He took my daddy. No, your mama, your daddy, and we, this is a hard truth. Probably shouldn't say it, but it's the truth. I didn't make it. It's just truth. But you got to look at how people are leaving this earth. Most high gave us laws that we're not supposed to break with regards to how do we treat our bodies. You know, and, and and these these you know he uses these doctors. They they not half of them don't even believe, but he uses them. We've been given information on how to do things, and we've been given laws, scriptural laws. We've been Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. You will perish for not knowing. Ignorance is bliss. Oh, really? You will perish for not knowing stuff. This is why I say get in good churches. Follow people that 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 really have these. The, the, the fruit of the Spirit. I'm not talking about the gifts of the Spirit. I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit, the characteristics of the Spirit when it's dominating in a person's life. 
most people don't have the fruit of the spirit because the spirit don't have that kind of control in their life. They go in and out, in and out, in and out. They don't have a constant character of the fruit of the spirit. Now, the gifts of the spirit, let me just mention those real quick because we've got to go in and I just kind of got sidetracked. But I just want to mention these real quick and uh, then so I can move on and I'm going to close this show. Give me another three minutes we're going to close this show out. Give me about four minutes we'll close this show out. The gifts of the spirit, the gifts of the spirit, the power gifts I mentioned earlier, just, just to finish up this, I hate to see, leave anything unfinished. But what I mentioned the word of knowledge, the word of uh, 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 wisdom. I mentioned faith. I don't know where you get the ability to believe. It's out of nowhere. It first comes when you get salvation. That's a gift straight from the Father. Even to believe is a gift. Is a gift. It ain't nothing you work for. Anything I name is a, if it's a gift, that means you didn't do nothing to work for it. If you work for it, it's no longer a gift. It's a, it's a wage. It's a pay. This is things that come to you out of the clear blue, free of charge that the Spirit imparts to you. Because it's controlling you. It's in your life. You have invited the spirit. That's why I say invite him. Invite him. Tell him, spirit, I invite you. I invite you. Father, I invite the spirit. I invite your spirit into me. Father, Father, Father. Pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Don't pray to Jesus in the Father's name. Pray like Jesus said. Pray to the Father in my name. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I receive the spirit. Receive it. Constantly receive any and everything you see in the scriptures where the Bible says, we need to be receiving it, okay? Nine gifts of the Spirit. Faith is one. Gifts of healing is another one. It's just out of the clear blue. You get this thing to come over you, and you're able to get people healed. You know, you just touch them, and they're healed. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. I don't even think it's it's about praying and, 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 and you know, because if, if, you, if you do anything to make it happen, that's that's not a gift. If you have to, I believe you can pray and people get healed. The Bible says prayer of faith uh, shall heal the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. But I don't think that's quite the same as the gifts. These are gifts I'm talking about. These are the gifts of the Spirit, which means you do nothing for them to happen. The prayer of faith is you activating a promise that the Father has provided for you. He said, if you pray in faith believing, you shall receive. He said, the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. And if they commit any sins, they will be forgiven. That's another whole Bible study. But I'm just saying, that's activating, that's that's taking the Lord, take what they call taking the Father at his promise. Promise if you do this, I'll do that. If you do this, but now these gifts is different. This is some just have come over you, and you just able to heal people. Working of miracles, something come over you, and you perform a miracle. Prophecy, something come over you, and you able to give a word straight from the throne room to somebody. A prophetic word. It can involve what is going on with the scriptures. It can involve the scriptures looking into the future with regards to the scriptures. It's like a, it's a message. It's 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 a it's a word from the Most High prophecy. It's it's just straight from the Father. It can be about today or it can be about the future. Most people think prophetic is always future, but it's just really it's like ministering, really. Discerning of spirits. That's one I've been used in several times. I don't know why, but I I, I have. 
been a, you know, I can explain it because I've been used by this. And this is another thing. If you want to hear this in detail, I'm telling you, I go in details on this. Go to the show on this clip on April the 15th, April the 15th, and you will see. <laughs> I think it was not April the 15th of 2012, but April 15th of 2011. It's my most popular show. I go into to what actually happened. Various cases where I discern spirits. You know, I do my own thing, and I just knew beyond a shadow doubt that this particular person or that particular person was being used at that moment by a spirit that was inside of them. I just knew it, and sometimes those spirits manifested, and that's what will scare the, you know, what out of you. Honest. If, if it's why I warn everybody before I even give that show. And uh, but anyway, the discerning of spirit is a gift. Mind your own business, most high. Just you just know within your nor, no doubt in your mind that you're looking into the eyes of an evil spirit using somebody's body, and it's so real you would argue uh, with a billion people. And that's really what I almost did. I argued not a billion, but I. Everybody thought I was crazy until the spirit manifesting this girl started acting like I just won't go into it. Check out the show April 15, 2011. You'll hear it. With your own ears. But what police department got involved, et cetera, et cetera. There was a lot going on. This stuff. The police convention they even opened back up the conventions to the force. Anyway, last but not least, uh, we talked about tongues. Uh, there's also some called the interpretation of tongues where something come over you. Somebody just went off in tongues and something come over you and you know exactly what they just said in tongues. Now, if that ain't a power gift, I don't know what it is. The tongue itself is a power gift. But then for you to some come over you and you, you're able to interpret what was just said in the spirit, powerful, powerful, powerful stuff. This is all for the believer. This is all for you young people. So y'all running some of these clubs and drinking and smoking and sexing and all this, this something that ain't nothing. That's low life living. That's not to put you down, but that's that's like low life living. I don't know what else to say. It's just living low, a lower form of life. And and not only that, but anybody that's not going to clubs and not drinking and smoking, but not walking in this these prophetic and all of the gifts that the, the spirit has. Is offering for the believer once they're submitted to the Most High. We're walking living beneath our privileges. Those of us that don't have the fruit of the Spirit in our life, and we're not patient, we're not loving, we're not kind, and we're not we're living below uh, low life, lower life. As I read last time, the Most High made us to be imitators of Him. He is God. We are supposed to be tiny gods, not to be worshipped. I'm not even going to know where to put us in the same league. He is an ocean. We are a drop. But we are both water. And God is like water. Just to be a God is almost like the parallel of being water. He is an ocean. We may not be but a drop, but we are 100% water. But yet, the scripture says we're living like mere men because we don't have knowledge of the things I've talked about tonight. There's more. From, there's more. We're going to talk about this more next week. We'll probably talk about more about the church and what's in the church and and because I really think the church is responsible for these young people not being in it. The, they are so 
young people unfriendly. Most churches are so young people unfriendly right now. People don't have, even me, I, I, I can't stand rap, can't stand it, can't stand it, can't stand it. And I think sometimes in my rebuke and, and, and distaste for rap, I kind of reject sometimes young people, not meaning to. And we got to understand this. That's where they're at. That's where they're at. You know, I don't think we have to change, though, our our standards, but we have to change our tactics of how to talk to them, how to reach them. And I I could use some uh, uh, comments or influence from other people input as, as well as far as how to do this. I want to just end the show by saying this, and then we'll play a song and we're out of here. Young people, family, I'm not going to put nobody on the spot, but y'all got to talk back to me. This is supposed to be a discussion. This is supposed to be a discussion. This is, and I know that some people are just shy, know, especially a lot of young people. I don't expect young people really much to talk much on this show. I know when we did the interviews, there was more dialogue. People called in because they liked the interviews, but... Our young people is in trouble. A lot of them are in trouble. And when they go to these hospital called the churches, they're being turned away. So they're going to die spiritually and physically, a lot of them, without hope unless we stand up and start saying, hey, do you believe in the Most High? Yes. Do you believe in the Messiah? Yes. Have you accepted him in your life? Yes. But I can't stop sinning, and I'm guilty. We need to share with them and show them how sin is in their flesh, not in their spirit. And in your spirit, you're born again. You need to be going, uh, getting up on the teaching. Uh, and remember, the ultimate teacher is going to come from inside of you. You need not that any man should teach you, per se, because of that spirit inside of you. Really and truly, you need not that any man should teach you at all, but we can't always hear that spirit. And because you can't hear it, then you have to for sure be somewhere where you can hear the prophet, the teachers, and all of this. Because think about it. The same spirit that's using them to speak to you, they can speak to you. How come they have to speak to you? Because you can't hear. That's why you need them. That's the only reason why you need them, because you can't hear. That's all, you know, and that's just one reason we go to church. We also go to church because go to church or go to the assembly where churches meet, the building where churches Young people, you need to, to be going there. And I, and I, and I my wife gets on me sometimes because I don't go every single Sunday. But, and so, but it ain't about me tonight. It's about what is right and wrong. And I'm saying that when we, me, I, when we don't fellowship with brothers and sisters, we're lacking what that church has to offer because there's brothers and sisters that's going through the very same thing you're going through, and they can share with you this, that, and the other, and it's always powerful because it's real, and they're looking at you in your face, and they're going through the exact same thing, and they got scriptures, and some of them got the victory over the thing, and they can tell you what happened, and some of them got, ain't, don't have the victory over it, and you can see it in them, and they can show you also what not to do. So you learn from people that's obedient and disobedient by their testimonies. You know what I mean? Like if somebody's obedient, stand up, they're going to be like, you know, I didn't, I didn't obey the most high until this happened, and I need y'all to pray for me. So you can see, learn from that. You can learn from those that's rejoicing. You you can learn just from people raising their hands, serving the most high, worshiping, singing. they never seen this God either. And they, they're just adamant. They're going crazy over him. It's, it's catchy. It's like a fever. It, it, it'll catch on. 
You need to go and see people smile and have the victory, even though you feel defeated. Hear people talk about the same struggles you go through and how they look at the sin. This is why we need the church. We need the church. We need the church, the true church, not that other church I was talking about, but the true church. This is why I'll never, ever say all the church is nothing. I, I, I never said it, never mean to say it. When I say the church, you got to listen to the whole thing. I say, because I'll turn around and say the church is the biggest problem, and then I'll turn around and say that the church is the ultimate example. So it can't be, you know, what I'm saying is this part of the church that has this poison. And even in the churches where they're real and people are living right, don't mean they don't always say things that are right. That's why you need to listen to that inner teacher. Okay? But you need the prophet to teach you the values. And I, I will say everybody needs them to put their word out there by the spirit. And that same spirit that's in them to put it out there will reveal to you. I'm going to play a song that's for everybody every young person that is doing the right thing. You're seeking the most high. Your flesh might be craving all kind of stupid stuff. It may be craving smoking weed because you used to smoke weed. You're craving maybe to go to clubs and just let loose because you're used to being around people that's not all stuck up and they have a good time and yell and let loose, but you know there's a bunch of crazy other stuff to go into the club and the most high done told you and convicted you you don't need to be there. But your flesh craves that and other things that's not right, but your heart is crying, oh, Father, 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 Father. And First John, I've got to read this. I didn't read it last week, and I beat up myself all day for not reading it. First John, please turn to this real quick. Please, I'm begging. This scripture I failed to talk about last week. And it just really got to me. But it ain't going to happen this week because we're about to turn to it. First John 3. 1 John 3. Not St. John. First John 3. Okay. Check this out, folks. If this don't blow your mind, you don't have a mind. Listen to this. I love this scripture, this chapter. This is going to prove what I've said about sin being in the flesh and not in your spirit. I'm going to read it quickly, but I want you to really listen, young people. This is going to show you sin is in your flesh, your flesh, your body craves sin, not your spirit. We've been born again in our spirit. We're to live our life through the spirit. We're to identify ourselves according to the spirit. People are supposed to be really relating to us according to our spirit. We probably should change our names when we become born again because we're a new creature in the spirit but everybody always want to look at what your flesh is craving, treat you by what your flesh is craving, treat you by what your flesh used to crave, treat you by, and it's going to crave things you know in the past, whatever you used to do, but, you know, two days before you gave your life to the Most High, 
your body probably still going to crave that. And even if it don't crave that and it craves some other sin, you're in the same boat as far as your flesh, but we're not in the flesh. Our life is in the spirit. The Bible says he that is Christ is one spirit. We are one with Christ. And there's lots more scriptures on that that y'all should have gotten last week. But let's go ahead and read uh, verse John 3 and we wrap it up with a song. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not. They don't really know us because they knew him not. They say they know us. They think they know us. They really don't know us. Beloved, now we're the sons of God, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be. Uh-oh. And do it not yet appear what we shall be. I'm just being facetious. I know what they're saying, but I want y'all to really think about this. It don't even appear what we shall be. Watch this. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Uh-oh. See, we must not be like him now. He already said that he that is joined to Christ is one spirit, and we are, we are placed inside him in the Bible. One part of Scripture says, when Christ who is our life shall appear, we shall appear with him. That's, I think, in... Uh, I think it's also in Galatians. This says, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Verse 3, and every man that hath this hope in him, and every man that have this, had this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. This is a spiritual thing we're talking about. Don't let, the, don't let, don't let it spook you out. Don't let it spook you out. Listen, stay with me. We've got, we got about five more scriptures and we're done, and we're going to play music, and we're out of here. But don't let verse be spooky like this. And every man that have this hope in him, every man that have this hope in him, purifies himself. Just having this hope is it's a certain amount of purity that comes with it. Purifies himself even as he is.